Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. The Brewing Network Sunday Session is brought to you by the badasses at More Beer. Visit them at morebeer.com. If you really want to be one of the best brewers there is... I stopped uh, dressing all in plastic. You better be brewing five to six times a week. A beer, every beer, is made with love, and it begs to, to be appreciated. I need something to kill the salmonella I'm kind of worried about in the eggs. Do you find that uh, that the hops kind of clash with the uh, chicken embryo you put in there? <laughs> well, I might sleep here tonight. It's a California <clears throat> king. There's plenty of room for both of us, Beavis. Yeah. How many of the brewers over there have seen your ass? That's Clearly. it. Someone's getting cut tonight. All yeah. I have to say is, hey, McDonald, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no. Live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers. Craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Welcome to another fine edition of the session, the uh, the Sunday session. That's the Monday session. Sorry, Tasty, I don't have everything up and running right now. Hold on, are you talking? Well, I will be. Nice work. Eventually, we yeah. don't know yet. How long has it been the Monday session? I'd say. How long have been since you talked on the session for yeah. the first break? No, no, no uh, we've been doing the Monday thing for like a couple years, right? Well, Maybe he three? did the garage a couple times, I think. That's oh, true. Yeah, we would yeah. do that when there was a reason to, like we were at a festival or something on Sunday. Yeah, I you know I I dig on the the Monday the whole Monday thing, man. Some people don't like it, but uh, you know I'd it's say certainly easy for us and be nice to us, right? Come on, right? We need it. Uh, yeah. People are uh, people are fr- frankly quite mean to Beardy, and and I I for one I'm not going to stand for it. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, once I find out who these people are, <laughs> shut the fuck up, Beardy. There it is. See? Yeah. Where's that guy? God, we should we should record Candy doing that drop. I feel like you'd feel right at home. Oh uh, yeah. Are, are you still Great. using that as your ringtone, Beardy? Whenever it's not on vibrate, I hear it. So yes. So, so yes. Okay, yeah. Good. Okay. But, yeah. but usually it's on vibrate. So whenever Damn I forget it, it. Beardy. I, with Warren, you have to be. You get specific 
answers yeah. that you never would have thought that you had to specify that comment. Like, I would never have had to imagine that you would have to specify uh, anything, really, but especially that, that question. Well, the All only right. the well, only time right. you get a yes or no answer is when you're looking for something specific. Like, <laughs> right. uh, Beardy, what time are you coming over? Yeah. <laughs> right. Perfect. Yes. Sounds great. Yeah, sure, I am. Didn't we fire Beardy? Yes. Uh, we need a higher beardy first, apparently. The, the problem with setting it to vibrate most of the time is that I forget that it's my ringtone. So it happens when it shouldn't. Like, I'm out in public. There's, like, a family walking next to me, and all of a sudden my phone well, just yells. fuck you too, beardy. Yeah, that. His phone's just yelling right, at you. Right, just yelling F-words to, <laughs> in a park. We can bleep feel- it for you and be in, you know make it a little more <laughs> right. uh, fr- family-friendly. Yeah, it made my mom blush, too. She's not a very uh, swear-friendly person. Swear-friendly. Potty mouth. She doesn't like potty mouths. And so she kind of blushed a little bit one time when it went off. We should use that for a tagline for the show. The Brewing Network Sunday or Monday session. Swear-friendly. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we have a good show for you guys tonight. Uh, we have our uh, guest uh, uh, homebrew slash uh, musician extraordinaire Kyle Hollingsworth. He is the keyboardist from the String Cheese Incident and uh, obviously the Kyle Hollingsworth band. Uh, But what he does, he's he's a home brewer, just like us, obviously, and uh, he does collaboration beers with uh, a couple really well-known uh, and, and well-respected breweries. We have Cigar City on the list. Uh, Scott, you're saying Boulder Beer, right? Boulder, Stone. And Stone, yeah, most recently the, the Stone Cold. Breckenridge. He's like our own McKellar. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he's not a douche. Right, so. he, and he has discernible and talent suck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in the musical realm. Yeah. Our, no, we our own Hanson brother. That's right. What is it about the Mickler beers, man? They all taste like glue to me. Or oxygenation. Maybe it's know. the glue that they put in them. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Maybe <it's> just... <laughs> It gets you high. Yeah. We brew with uh, as ingredient. It's uh, ground up horse bones. It's Unique very to good Europe for you. Brew. Yeah, you never have like it for for America. I call this beer Elmer's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, uh, you know, I, I like it when uh, when we can talk to people who brew beer that aren't in the beer industry. Uh, they seem a little uh, a little less self serving, I think. And uh, I think it's gonna be really fun. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great interview. So uh, make sure to jump in the chat and get Bev your questions if you can. If you know, don't do the Java update that whole that whole thing. And Kyle's uh, a Kyle's a rad dude. Just aside from uh, the yeah. the music and the beer stuff, he, he's just really cool. He's super cool to us. He uh, had uh, Justin and I come out, although Justin couldn't make it, but so I took his place and brought. Uh, my uh, my girlfriend. We went to the string cheese. I'm sorry, your concert. what? My huh? Girlfriend. We don't do that other word, dude. I'm, uh, Alexa doesn't know about his girlfriend. Yeah, I guarantee yeah. you, she yeah. does that word. No, yeah. she doesn't. I no, guarantee it. I, no, she really doesn't. We, we we're not we're not fans. We decided this like after we got engaged. She she actually brought it up. She was like, "That's such a douchey word, isn't it?" All we can hear is uh, Elaine from Seinfeld. Yeah. It, fiance, fiance. It's just such oh. a pretentious douchey word. French is a douchey language. <laughs> it really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. I don't use it either. But uh, I introduced Taryn to to someone that, at a wedding last night. First of all, who gets married on a Sunday night? Um, <laughs> and uh, and I go, "This is my girlfriend, Taryn." She goes, "I'm not your girlfriend." I'm like, "Oh my oh, god!" No. I mean, she's kidding, but right. uh, you know. Put me on the spot. Anyway, well, uh, you guys went to their show. Oh yeah. Anyway, so uh, but he he was super good to us, and we yeah. did a little uh, uh, green room action and uh, yeah. backstage. Uh, he had the uh, collaboration beer he did with Stone Collective Distortion uh, pouring down in the uh, the bowels of the Fox Theater in Oakland. Nice. So and String Cheese Incident, man, do they put on a good show? Yeah. Oh baby, big fan. I am now. <laughs> yeah, oh, you no, were you I, weren't I before? Have, no, I always have. I mean, okay. they're, they're a great jam band. I mean, you know, yeah. if you're uh, going to the uh, you got your micro bus and you're heading to the Grateful Dead concert. And, you know, you're going to have enough Grateful Dead at the concert. So on the way there and on the way back in the car, rock some string cheese incident. Yeah, why not, man? Yeah. 
Okay, well that's good. I, I uh, I've, I've heard some other stuff before. I'm not unfamiliar with 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 the band, uh, but jam jam band. Man, you got to be like you have to be into music heavily. I think to like jam band stuff, right? I mean, did you say acid? <laughs> you got to be heavily into acid. Yeah, on acid, but into it, because I mean I like music, but uh, but sometimes I just I don't know. Maybe it's the uh, the iPod shuffle in me where I just I need to change it up all the time. Yeah, well, um, and you to, know? to String Cheese Incidents credit, they. they Tend not to, or at least that my experience at that concert was that it wasn't like uh, like fish, where it was like twenty seven minute sort of circular jams. You That's know? what I think of. I, when I do think too, of a, and, yeah. and maybe they dabble in that, or maybe more than dabble. But I I remember it being not that way. That there were more concise sort of tracks, five six minute tracks. And yeah. in fact, if you listen to their albums, they're more. Just five, six-minute songs. See, and I, I like that. I think they're more kind of bluesy jazz than, yeah, they than are. like hippie rock. Definitely. Which, a lot of bluegrass. Which I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a talent into, in and of itself. Yeah, I and suppose. the beer was good. That, yeah. uh, that's that uh, collab what he did with... Is that Woody, double IPA or whatever with yeah. uh, some spices? Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah, I think we're going to have uh, Mitch Steele join us for that as well, and so he'll give his uh, two cents. That's awesome, man. That'll be, that'll be great. Mitch is always a good time, and... Uh, yeah, wrap with Kyle a little bit about about brewing and, and collaborating because I, I want to get his perspective on you know that's what he does for a living essentially he collaborates with people yep. in music and and I'm sure it, it translates uh, more or less over to to brewing but you know what do I know I don't collaborate with anybody you think he Wait. plays music to his fermenters you know to coax <laughs> the beer along on its uh, journey oh, maybe most, most breweries do I wonder if in like recorded uh, really I noticed that yeah I noticed that uh, on brew day it looks like at Stone they almost had like a soundstage set up. I mean, they. I think after they brewed, they went and jammed. Really, and they jammed right there in the brewery. Awesome. Let's ask those guys about that. We have some uh, some songs that they've done for that, right? Those I think those are the songs. Yeah, yeah, from Kyle's uh, latest solo album. Yeah, Um, yeah. But recorded in the in the in the in the breweries, right? I I wasn't Uh, clear on that. that. I don't know where it was recorded, but (laughs) they're called like hop tracks, and Uh I'm. We'll we'll get the details from Kyle. I think that would be an awful place to record. Yeah, (laughs) with all the hard surfaces. Yeah, well, maybe you know, maybe it's just uh, into the board, whatever that means. That's a thing, right? A music thing. It might just be a style. There you go. I was wondering why that track was so echoey. <laughs> right. Yeah, it sounds great. It's a thing. Uh, in other news, BNA 10 is coming up. So if you're going to be at NHC and you haven't got your tickets now, uh, be sure to grab some at BNA10.com. Uh, I don't think Four Friends and Sam are playing, but Terrence texted me. He's like, email me this, the songs that you want to play at BNA 10. And like, why? Uh, we don't have enough time to practice. But uh, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a guest appearance of some sort of musical interlude or whatever. Hold on. Oh, you need a band? Yes. Hmm. Are you trying to say things, Beverly? No, I, I mean I may say something, so I'm just preparing myself. <laughs> Jesus, <and laughs> what is it about about everyone preparing? Prepare to fire, fire. Anyway, that was a nice snapshot. Right, right. Is that really what they're called, for friends and Sam? That's what we're called. That's kind of mean. You just uh, welcome <laughs> to what? two years ago when we came up with that name. <laughs> I don't listen when you talk. Yeah, no, that was in a related story. You're a douche. Yeah, well, true. Sam gets mentioned. Isn't that like top billing when when you're talking about <laughs> band names? Sounds like he's the band leader to me. Yeah. Yeah, he did good. Four friends and Sam. Whatever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor Sam. How is Sam? He hasn't been in a while. Sam is fine. Sam has been working out of town for the last two weeks. You know what we should have oh. done? So is, I think he's really enjoying life. He's in jail. <laughs> right. So he's getting a restful sleep. <laughs> right. Not being hounded. The happiest he's ever been. Um, yeah. I don't... Ha- okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> what we should have done is we should have set up like dueling... Dueling keyboards with Sam and Kyle. Oh, yeah. yeah. See how that would have worked. But, but Sam's a one-trick pony. All he has is jump. 
That's all he needs, though. <laughs> I guess you right. underestimate Sam. He's actually a pretty stellar musician. Really? He's also got some Journey yeah. songs in his uh, library. If Kyle from. ever comes to town, we should we should have a, a jam session with four friends and Sam. Yeah. Yeah, we, that's that's happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll just do the three power chords and uh, that I know, and that's it. Yeah. And well, then, it's going to be great when, when you're voted the winner. Like, Kyle was good, but you know who was really good? Yeah, yeah that, uh, that BAC progression is amazing. Uh, keep up with the Bring Network on that social media thing. Find us on Facebook and Twitter, and we're on Instagram, I think, and we're also in your email, so you can sign up, I think, on the website probably for... Uh, our email list and get on that and get all the details, all that kind of stuff. Become a donor. You can become a, a, a supporter of the Brewing Network and uh, keep us on the radio, which I don't know why you would uh, want to do that. But, uh, you know, you do get uh, uh, advanced uh, information on, on the special events that we have. So uh, the folks who, were, who have been donating uh, to us uh, since last month, they got advanced notice of the BNA 10 ticket. So they were first to, to peep those uh, VIP tickets and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to be a part of that, you know, there's a drawing that, that may or may not happen where you could win something each month too if you're a donor. That's true. It happens. That's true. All right. For uh, for uh, more beer, you're in, you're entered into a drawing to win a more beer hundred dollar gift certificate. Hundred dollars. Hundred dollar gift certificate. I believe. That that's a couple homebrew kits. That's not even just like a, a fitting. That's pretty good, man. Yeah. Especially for just for giving us two bucks a month or whatever, right. just to hang out. Yeah. You could donate for four years and still be ahead if you just won once. That's not bad, man. <laughs> Um, okay, let's do some feedback. What do you think? Uh, before we do that, yes. I want to just make an announcement that we are looking for photographs of uh, past Brewing Network events, Brewing Network anniversary parties. If you have any gems, please send them to photos at thebrewingnetwork.com. We are trying to compile some stuff for our 10th anniversary party. And if they happen to be old pictures of Bevo, please send them to Scott at the Brewing Network.com. Um, because if you send them the photos, they're going to get deleted, that's I suspect. creepy. Don't do that. Oh, you know it's true. <laughs> also, if you have any uh, Brewing Network tattoos, we want pictures of those, too. <laughs> we do? <laughs> well, sure. Okay. Uh, sounds great, Beverly. Thank you for that important announcement. I do what I can. Uh, okay, our first uh, piece of feedback comes from Jeff. He says, hello, Brewing Network. In response to the guy who is suing Miller Coors, you should look at what is going on in the craft spirits industry. So this is that guy, if you, I'm sure everyone remembers, that suing Miller Coors because he says that they're misling everybody, that Blue Moon is not really a craft brewery. What? Yeah. You, you know that? I'm just... I'm going to file class action. I'm going to join this guy. Join this class yeah. action, man. Uh, he says, large and small distilleries are being sued for the exact same reason, misrepresentation of the word craft, handmade, and so on. The larger distilleries are starting to use the terms as they already see what is happening in the craft beer industry. So companies like Maker's Mark and Tito's Vodka huh, uh, are being sued for that. Smaller distilleries are being sued because they are buying products on the bulk market and labeling them as their own craft and distilled uh, products. Uh, most types of age spirits are traded on the open market in bulk. So if I were to start a craft distillery, he could buy his spirits from someone else for like a buck a liter, which will get you drunk pretty fast. What, uh, is, what is Tito's vodka? Uh, apparently, it's... I I've know. heard That's of a it weird before. One. It's, a, it's a pretty popular vodka, apparently. Huh. Tito, yeah. man. Is there a Sergei's tequila? It might be. <laughs> if not, that's an open market for you. Yeah. Right there. Um, he can repackage it and label them as his own. Put a craft price of thirty dollars per seven fifty. Wouldn't you say I was trying to mis- excuse me mislead the customers to what they were buying? First of all, what's a craft price? Uh, a higher, probably premium. Yeah, yeah but yeah. so I mean, I can buy a six pack of eight hundred five 
at the market for $8 a six-pack. Or I can buy a, a six-pack of an unnamed IPA for $19. What's, what's, show me a craft price. Yeah. I mean, anything over what Budweiser would charge for a six-pack is now a craft price? Get out of well, town. Well, he might be saying that like Coors Light well, is cheaper than Blue Moon. Sure. So that's the right. craft price. Like Coors, It's still Coors. Right. But the craft price is that Blue Moon's more expensive than... Sure. Blue. So, you know, I, I think that whenever I go in to buy a car, I should be charged the lowest price for the car. doesn't matter if I get more flavors or more, more you know, more... More enjoyment. Uh, yeah, hand-sewn leather Well, well you don't appreciate craft automobiles. Apparently I don't, man. Uh, he's like, in a beer way, how about if Millicore sold on the open market that you could buy in a tanker, bring to your brewery only to have a bottling line in your facility, package under craft, blah, blah, blah. Aren't you misling the consumer? Uh, and actually says misling. It's easier to discount uh, in brewing when you're paying ten bucks a six pack normally. However, when I'm paying thirty bucks for a supposedly craft product that normally goes for twenty, then yeah, I'd be pretty pissed. Just some food. I, I don't care. What is his position on the lawsuit? I don't quite un- that he he agrees with it because he he's saying he's just trying to 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 compare it to another uh, another alcohol. So, I see. So yeah, in other yeah. words, they should be they're filing it in both industries, and that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, hmm. that that, oh. it, that it's truly misleading. Which I don't. Right. I I mean, I don't know. I, I I disagree. If you have if you if you make a product and you find a cheaper way to make it and you still charge the same end price, are you misleading your customers? No, it, 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 because you use the word craft or, or handmade. Yes, these things are made by hand. There's machi- machines that are involved in some parts of it, but for the most part, people are working. It, it doesn't matter if you're up, you know, if you're working uh, brewing Blue Moon or if you're you know brewing uh, Woodford Reserve. It doesn't matter. You're still using your hands. It, you know, handmade isn't a law. It's not a legal. It's not a legal definition of anything. Well, and who's it hurting? It's well, not, hurting it's not legal, but it's a, <laughs> right. it's a standard term that we use for a, a group of. Beers that are more flavorful than the macro than the macros, right? I mean, well, but well, and they're two maybe, dollars but, more a six pack. And with my limited experience, I think that it's easier for distilleries to kind of hide behind the labeling than it is for breweries yeah. because they can just say like an address. I don't know that they have to actually list a company name. So I don't know. There's I or think where, it's, where it's produced, they could buy the ethanol of, uh, you know from Turkey, right? And blend it in, in California and call it California. Yeah, I've heard that there's sure. like 10 distilleries, and this is just pulling numbers out of my ass, but like 10 distilleries in Kentucky, but there's hundreds of brands. Yeah. That, and they're not just like from 10 like companies. Like this guy. So you'll get, right. you'll get a guy. So like I think he's trying to make the analogy of if Coors decided to sell Coors Banquet on the open market, then you could buy it and call it, you know, Fog Light, you know, right. Water yeah. Waster or whatever yeah. you want to call it. And then, and then, but and then you don't have to tell the the public. And that you is, can just sell it as yeah. as whatever you want to. But call if it. I knew that someone else made it for you and put on, I don't give a shit. Like I don't care. It doesn't bother me. It's the same thing right. that happens with contract brewing. Same things with ha- it. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I just it's not going to stop people from buying Maker's Mark. It or shouldn't because or the, Buffalo Trace or whatever. The thing about craft beer is, does it taste good? Drink right. it. The thing about beer in general, if it tastes good, drink it. If it tastes yeah. good to you, it doesn't matter who makes it. Who who cares? Do you like it? Why are we, why are we so geared to to not like things that are made at a large volume? I don't understand. Well, it's that. because they have that know your brewer bumper sticker, and so oh, I saw it. That's true. Now I just got to know. Well, Warren, I wish I could get to know you. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> Uh, this is from Intab in the forum. He says, first, I want to say I love the West Coast-style IPA, double IPA, but for fuck's sake, every East Coast-style IPA I've ever heard someone mention is either local to themselves only or a very poor example of the style. 
Okay, I agree. And then and then this is the best part about his email. He goes, try Main Beer Company, uh, Lunch IPA or Main Beer Company, another one, Victory Dirt Wolf or Union Brewing. So he then he goes on to lists some of his local right, right. that I've never I've never heard of uh, a, a Main Brewer Union Brewery Company. I'm sure they're great, but or Great Lakes Chill Wave. Uh, this, they, is, this seems to be the common response here. Like, right. uh, you guys need to, you didn't try the right beers. You need to try this one that I like. Yeah. Yeah. This right. is my favorite, but stop listening to people who only talk about their local beers. Anyway, uh, he says they truly match up with any IPA you'll find on the West Coast as long as they're fresh. Well, mm. that's... That goes, that goes for West Coast ones, too. <laughs> right. I don't know uh, that that's true. By the way, I'm from West Virginia, which is the same state as Sarah 36C, whoever remembers that woman. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I haven't heard says, from her in a long time. Yeah, yeah. And he tells us all to collectively suck a dick, so that's cool. Uh, this is from uh, Sean. He says, Viva Nicole! The Brewing Network, God love it, is an entire organization based on getting drunk and being loud and stupid. Well, sort of. Um, I think it was based on information, and it just devolved to that. <laughs> right. Uh, when Nicole is drunk and loud and smart, uh, I think that should be accepted, too. Nicole, please come back to the session and show those douchebags how it's done. Nicole, 2016. So he wants her to come back, but not until 2016. Right. Is that when he wants her to come back? I think he's being deployed to Iraq in 2016 and knows that he won't be around. Anyway. Um, so he won't have to listen to her. Right, it's yeah. fine yeah. if she's on, because right. I won't be here. Yeah, I'm not going to be around. Um, Tom. Uh, Tom says, uh, after seeing Nate speak at NHC last year uh, and was only reinforced by the segment on last week's session, Nate needs his own show. The guy is full of knowledge and appears to have a natural gift for speaking on the radio and in public. That segment was great, excluding everything that Doc spoke, obviously. Um, and I'm sure he can replicate that into a monthly one-hour show. Give him a sidekick. Uh, definitely not Doc. And you've got another new hit show like The Sour Hour. You put that in a bottle and you got something sweeter than Yoohoo. I don't know. Understand? Uh, suck at JP. Uh, yeah, I agree. Nate's way too busy, though, to do yeah, anything like that. He's got the... Um what is the and he uh, doesn't job, live close. job? Yeah, and he doesn't right, live no, here. Full time jobs. Yeah, I, w- I originally wanted him for um, Doctor Homebrew, and we went back and forth for months. And he's like, "Dude, I can't do this as a as a co-host." Yeah. Oh, just because for just because time, right? Yeah. Yeah. He just he's yeah. just too busy, and we want him here more too. I would love it yeah. if he was on every session. Yeah, uh, he, he just, just can't, can't do it. it. Yeah. So, uh, but Tom, thanks for the the suggestion. Although you know, Good idea. show suggestions go to Scott. Uh, This is from Jim O.C. in Long Island. He says, what's up, Brewcaster Masters? I've been listening since 2013. I started after I made my first undrinkable batch of Mr. Beer, uh, which alludes to the fact that he probably made more than one. Uh, And I was looking for info to improve. Since that day, I have won a first place prize for my cherry wheat in a local competition. That's good news. He says, thank yous. Uh, he says, uh, so a little story. I'm sitting in a Mexican restaurant with my wife, and a Mexican folk song is being played. He goes, wait, I know this song, but from where? After obsessively playing the chorus in my head for the next hour and a half, it came to me. La, 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 JP's an asshole. You know that? Oh, like, yeah. you heard that la, in a restaurant? La, 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 la. Well, it's a, it's a Mexican song. Oh, so here's the original. <laughs> thank you. Oh, Warren. you mean he didn't create that? Oh, really? No, I really Everyone, didn't know. Everyone's swung really around to stare at Bevo. You all looked at me like <laughs> I was <laughs> totally thing. No, I honestly had no Are idea. Are you serious? Yeah, I swear. Wow. Wow. What? So, wow. You so, never watched okay, there's a little too much judgment cartoons? happening right now. I'm going to have to ask you no, guys no, to take no. it down a notch. We're being <laughs> ob- very objective. That's subjective at all. Right. I, 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 I
You never heard the song like in your life before? No, I've heard this song. I haven't heard the Mexican version. This song every week. Yeah, I I know this one. Okay. Yeah, it's a whole Mexican thing. It's a whole Mexican thing. I mean, Spanish. A couple Mexicans heard this song and then they actually made it a couple hundred years ago. Sugar Valley Brewers should sue. They came back. Sue the poor Mexican villagers from 200 years ago. No, Bevo, you, I didn't, you didn't know that your opinion of Sugar Valley could get any lower, but now you realize he's not even original. Yeah. Now he's just. I know. He plagiarized. He steals songs. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, here we go. He says, Now I want that song for my playlist to brew. What's the name of that song? What's the original name of that song? Contano Yore? What is that called? You don't remember? ask me. I don't know. Contano, I know how to sing it, but I don't know the name of it. Let me. Mm-hmm. I'll try and look it up here. All right. He says, thanks for the entertainment knowledge, and in some cases, uh, time I will never get back. You're welcome. Uh, This next one is from Anthony. He says, I have sour beer farts. Toodles. (laughs) Cool. That was important uh, important feedback. And then uh, last but certainly least, uh, this is from Scott, Steve, and Lance, who may or may not be here. Uh, he says, I'm currently sitting at the 21st Amendment with two friends. We flew in from Maine and New York. I don't know how you fly in from both, um, but, you know, hey, kudos to you. Uh, he says, we got beef. Sean O'Sullivan did not personally greet us at the door with a can of monk's blood. We didn't even get a swift kick in the ass, but we forgot to mention JP. Let's face it, he's forgettable. Well, thanks. Mm. Uh, at any rate, it was false advertisement, he's claiming. With any luck, you'll read this for the next 24 hours and read it on tomorrow's show. And we will be drinking at the Hop Grenade, listening to you uh, read our terribly worded email. We have uh, pretty much planned an entire week around being commercials and being guests. Uh, hope to see you guys there. Keep up the great work. Uh, and I don't want to say it, but I got to suck at JP. Scott, Steve, and Lance. Are they here? The three amigos. Are they there? Yeah, nope. they're there. He's got Hi. his hand raised out there. there he does. What's up, dude? Cheers. Hey, the song is called Celito Lindo. Of course it is. So there you Can go. Can I also just say that JP's that? Uh, fiance just texted me and said that she did not know that that was a different, that was an original song either. Wow. She's admitting it. Uh, you know, show me that because uh, I can't, I can't, well, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not surprised. You still, I'm still more disappointed in you, Bevo. <laughs> <laughs> That's an, is that a, a, an insult to Taryn? Taryn's blonde. She has an excuse. Right. And she's she, sheltered. She hasn't seen Star Wars. But she went to... She has now. Now. She, she went right. to college in, uh, in L.A., so I feel like she's heard the song before. She just doesn't pay attention to it because it wasn't on the OC or Roswell. <laughs> so Right. She heard it Taryn and I traffic. are very similar in that, in that respect. You went to UCLA? I didn't go to UCLA, yeah, but good. I did watch a lot of the OC and Roswell. <laughs> of course you did. Uh, okay, we're going to take a break. You... Did we plug Amazon? What happened to that? No, no, we didn't oh. plug it. I, I don't, I don't, uh, when I do the shows, I don't get any, like, Jay doesn't give me his notes, so oh. or, or I just Twitter have game? to make it up on my own. I don't have a Twitter game, because I, I, oh. I have to run the I show. I guess you're there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so let's do Twitter, uh, Amazon of the Week, I yeah, mean, Well, Scott, well first off, well, let's, what, why we're doing it is because you can support the BN, Thank you all the much. shows on this network, <laughs> yes. by shopping on Amazon. Yes, you can. Go to our homepage and click on the link and then do all your shopping as normal. Amazon gives us a little cut and nothing changes for you. Hey, That's Scott, do we, we have an Amazon more. product of the week? We sure do, JP. <laughs> wow, I'm oh. so awesome. It's Thanks for bringing it up. Seamless. <laughs> it's perfect <laughs> because we were discussing this before the show. Homeland yeah. Season 1. Oh, yeah. Someone got it for $19.99. We got $1 from that. And uh, it's a, a great opportunity to plug Homeland, a fantastic show, if uh, you are not watching it. Yes, I agree. Um, uh, Claire Danes plays the lead, and uh, she has a wide range of facial expressions. No, she from, doesn't. She makes the same from, ugly face cry. From yeah. crying, from now crying we're not to get l- Homeland to sponsor, Bebo. Yeah. Yeah. Crying to, to laughing uncontrollably. 
Um, Kristen Stewart could really take a pay. Oh, no, wait, no, they both have one experience. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, Carrie, what, Carrie Matheson, is there, isn't it? I don't yeah, know. I that's just, right. Yeah. And actually, she has two expressions. The reason it came up before the show is JP was listening to some atonal jazz. Mm-hmm. He came on, and I was I was blasting some uh, Kyle Hollingsworth. Yeah. And uh, he came in and uh, immediately threw on his XM Satellite Radio Got atonal a, jazz station. That's right. And uh, that's I went, right. ooh, Carrie. Yeah. How's it going, baby? I needed some dry red wine and uh, a candle. <laughs> I was <laughs> some uh, methadone, I guess, or I don't know, whatever oh she's addicted to. <laughs> well, whoever bought that, thanks for uh, buying it through our link and enjoy. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, let me do the thing here. I'm pushing buttons right now in case you guys want to know where to do All right, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back. We're going to be speaking with Kyle Hollingsworth and uh, apparently Mitch Steele as well. Uh, stay with us, it'll be a really good time. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any 
Danny Brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the thebrewingnetwork.com. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer, one that spits resin in your face and makes you cry, Uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. We're about to uh, jump online with Kyle here. Let me pull this down. Uh, what are we listening to? Scott? Actually, yeah, leave it up, will you? Yeah. Was, was that an incident of string cheese? It, indeed, it was. This is from their uh, 2014 album, and this is uh, one of the songs Kyle wrote. I'm, I'm leaving it as a permanent rejoiner. I think you should. It's a good one. We can throw some uh, some vo over it. It'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, not bad, man. I do, I do dig it. It does sound. It's very jazzy, right? And I like that. The older I get, the, the I'm into more like uh, instrumental jazz. You know, I used to be all about that Delta blues, man, with just that one guy and the guitar and maybe a drum kit. But I don't know. I kind of I'm digging on the guitar now. The one guitar guy with like the harmonica harmonica around his neck. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> no, that's Bob Dylan. Oh, and yeah, he can go. He can go electric in a pool of water for all I care. <laughs> all right, where's Kyle at? All right, we're gonna get Kyle here. Let me see if I can do this right. Kyle, are you with us? I'm here. All right. Yes. Awesome. How you doing, man? Good, good. It's JP and Scott, right? Yeah. That's true. Yeah, we also have uh, Tasty over here. He's on his phone. He, and he, he is over here. paying attention at all. He, he's yeah. texting then, that he's very Kyle? excited that yeah, right. uh, Kyle's on with <laughs> yeah, us. We're trying to get the people to listen. <laughs> yeah, he's deaf, so he texts in, and it's a whole thing. And then we have Warren. Hi. A.K.A. Beardy. A.K.A. Hey, Beardy. Kyle, I hope you're not too uh, wildly disappointed that uh, Justin isn't here. He uh, got offered uh, front row tickets and backstage passes to U2 tonight. Nice. And That's so great, uh, he great. went, uh, I, I, I love Kyle, and I'm sad that I uh, missed him at JBF, and I'm going to miss him again, and I'll see you guys later. And I was like, <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, that's, that's totally understandable, completely understandable. You do the same thing, right? Are you are you a U2 guy? Uh, yes, absolutely. I would definitely go see U2 if I got a chance. There you go. I, I, saw, I saw Stevie Wonder about a month and a half ago. Oh. So that, was, that was epic. Oh, bet. Great. That sounds great, man. Yeah, I heard uh, uh, U2, I think, just kicked off the tour or something like that, and then I read some article about how The Edge 
fell off the edge. He fell off of himself. And I'm like, yeah. well, that's really funny. <laughs> but it sounds like he has a good sense of humor about it. Because from what I understood, he was like laughing about, you know, I mean, what, what are you going to do? Get real mad because uh, you forgot where the edge of the stage is? Yeah, you really can't do much about that. you got to just be professional. Yeah, well, I suppose you don't have that problem. You're not, like, yeah. walking around with a guitar. So Kyle's genius. He's behind yeah. his keyboards. He's not breaking any ankles anytime soon. <laughs> I, I like the idea of the guitar, though. I, I thought about doing that at some point in my, my rig. I think you should. Just don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bevo's not a good yeah, so may or may not have made that happen once. It's uh, it's always a bad choice. Just, so, just say no. That's Beverly, our, right. our call screener, and, and uh, her husband, Sam, is actually a, a quite exquisite musician, if I can oh, use cool. that phrase. He's very, very good. and uh, he's one of, he, You know what? He, he, he actually pisses me off, and I don't know if you're like this, too, but when he's, like, playing a groove and just kind of... Go, he's, like, the most deadpan person. You think he was actually in pain. He, he hates yeah. it. He doesn't. He has no expression. Yeah. He couldn't be bothered. Uh, but he's just doing this intricate finger work, and, and it makes me mad because I'm trying to play the bass, and I have my, my two and a half chords, and I'm like, my tongue is sticking out, and I'm biting my lip, trying to concentrate. And, uh, right, right, uh, totally. So he's totally frustrating, but he has a keytar. How, well, how, uh, no, how he has he? a keyboard that he fashioned oh, right, right. into yeah. a no, keytar. Yeah, like he, he built a strap. It's yeah, a whole hot mess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you, do, you have, awesome. do you have to be aware, <laughs> Kyle, of your facial expressions? Like, do you think about it when you're on stage? Um, I, I've been known to make some facial expressions, for sure. Uh, I don't do it on purpose. It kind of just happens. It happens, and, right? Yes. Uh, I didn't really plan on it, but yes. Like, drummer, like drummers have a, a facial expression. They're like, they're kind of... I don't know, their eyes are wide, right? We have a few drummer friends. And, and then guitarists are kind of like, this is the pain with the high notes. and, and uh, right, you know, right, but right, right. I guess keyboardists are just cool and collected. I know? guess so. Yeah, so no, no injuries either? You ever injured yourself on stage? Uh, I've gotten some bloody fingers here and there. Um, from, like, I play lots of different types of weight, weighted Different types, different weights of keyboard from or from the Hammond B3 to the Fender Rhodes and jumping back and forth sometimes it, and it gets a little um, dangerous, but it's fine. Sometimes I, I've been known to actually jump onto my B3 during the show, and uh, wow. I, <laughs> which, which is completely unmusical, but kind of <laughs> it looks it, it looks kind of cool. The spirit moves you, and you just uh, yeah, exactly. You just go, man. I yeah. gotta play from up here now. <laughs> Yeah, right. I would. I wonder if it's different for like lead singers, right? Because they have to they have to fill time during during solos. I saw a band once at uh, I don't know some place in the city, and the guy starts climbing up on the big stacks on the side of the stage and just drinking a bottle of wine. I'm like, what is going on? Was it was it planned? And I don't know. You know, is that that stuff seems very spontaneous to me. But you know, as a as a a lead, a lead. You, 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 I don't know. You got to do something. You can't just stand there and just watch your your keyboard. Just kind of go for it. It's a part right. of the writer. I need a bottle of wine in the rafters. <laughs> right. I climb up, up there. Too. Yeah. Oh, I wonder. Man. Is there less of a planning aspect for for a, a maybe? I don't know. Do you call yourself a jam band? Yes, I would say we're a jam band. If you have to use that term, yes. So th- internet. Yeah. Sure. You think there's more, uh, maybe less planning that goes on? Like how how much of it is spontaneous? Um, a lot of it, you know, um, it's kind of the way I approach brewing too, actually, but I'm um, taking those chances, you know, on stage for us as part of what the excitement is, never knowing exactly how the brew is going to come out by you know, the different yeast strain you put in or the, or if you're on stage making a set list, you're not quite sure how the jam's going to work out. And sometimes it works out great. 
And sometimes it's like the worst beer you've ever made, but you're, 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 you're living in that moment, and that's kind of what makes it exciting, at least in the, in the improvisation world. You know? But I think you guys have, have been doing it, and in, in, in probably you know yourself for, for obviously quite a longer time, uh, you know, just kind of jamming, and you know how to get yourself out of a hole, I would imagine, right? Like, I can't, Im- right. can't imagine there's a, like, say, I would just stop playing. I'd be like, I don't know where to go, guys. I can't. <laughs> just, I'm done. Uh, and then, you know, you circle back maybe and, and, and start, <laughs> start over, but uh, well, yeah, that'd be tough. Do, I mean, how- how do you, when you guys brew, I mean, how do you push that? You got to get a power, you can power through to some degree, you know, <laughs> you kind of, you take your talents and, and your, and your experience and you just, and you just kind of got to keep going. But right now I'm, right now I'm stuck in the middle of a fermentation and it's not going anywhere. I'm like, what do I do? So I think I'm going to re-pitch later tonight and see what happens. Sorry, I'm jumping right into beer. <laughs> no, no, you're doing, but, you're, no, you're, no, you're doing our job. Problem, uh, I, yeah. I you don't have thousands of people looking at you when you dump a batch all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. But he Good has millions point. of yeast. That's true. I guess there are millions. Yeah. Sensing his powers. <laughs> Where are we going? Oh, this is like a dream. Uh, what, what's stuck right now? What's the beer? Um, it's an IPA. Um, a single um, hops. There's a name for that, like a smash beer or something. But uh, a single hop. Um, single malt. I forget. I forget exactly what my malts were. But it's a mm-hmm. galaxy. It's a galaxy. Um and my we split that had this cool uh, ten gallon system of called Ruby Street. It was kind of like a full on all the cool valves you get to turn and everything. Yeah. Um, but uh, so we roll it back and forth between my my friend's house and my my house, and he put in a a pretty traditional uh, yeast here, and I put in this British yeast that is foaming up on the top. We're really acting strange, and it's and the temperatures being kind of uh, wacky. And I, for me, I just I, I go by the Relax, have a homebrew style, mm-hmm. and, and I, like it, it needs to do its thing. You know, like you, like I put all the ingredients together and put you in a room, and then you do your thing, and then like <laughs> I drink you later. And then you know, <laughs> but right now it's kind of being like, well, I need special attention. I'm like, come on, you know. So I think there's a little bit of me kind of needing to dig in uh, deeper. Um, but anyway, so that's where I am right now. It's just going to be a hoppy pale, I think. In the end, how long have you? Uh, how long have you been homebrewing? Um, a while. Um, since I was like 18 or 19, so probably 25 wow. years, 25 years or so. Oh, wow. Um, so, um, and I haven't really gotten much better. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the early days, you know, it was like late 80s, early 90s or something. And it was, the homebrew shops were kind of far, a few in be- you know, between. Yeah. There was one in like, I grew up in here in Baltimore. Okay. There was one in Ellicott City, and I would drive there, and it was only pretty much the kits, only malts, right? You know, and uh, and so then you had it all, all the bottles lined up in your mom's kitchen, you know, and you had to get the stipend. They put up all, it was just such a nightmare and a sticky mess all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but it has actually gotten a lot better. So I think my technique actually has gotten better since working with the all grain system, and then also getting. I don't know. It's being more mature and taking, you know, taking the right steps to make it yeah. taste good. Yeah, over time, you figure out what you got to pay attention to and what you don't. Did your mom exactly. know what you were making? Or yeah, was were like, you, oh, it's it just malt soda. Were your parents cool <laughs> with you brewing at nineteen yeah. or eighteen or whatever? Exactly. It was, you know, what was the purpose? You know, like early on, it was, I think it was attracted to the, the process, but mm-hmm. there was into the creativity and the ability to kind of take these elements and make something else. But in uh, in another one, of the reasons was, was oh, I wanted to drink beer. Yeah. Before twenty one, right. so I think my mom was kind of hip to that. She was like, "Oh, that's unique, and you, you know, you're cooking in the kitchen." Well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> you're like me. 
<laughs> it's your home ec class. It's my home ec class, exactly. But um, and yeah. those, those beers weren't very good. It sounds like they were not very good. No. Yeah, I, I, yeah. But when you're 18, it's more about function than form. Right, exactly. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Were, were you able to uh, to at least finish the batches and you know drink them and and and, and enjoy the benefits of, of yeast converting sugars or uh, yeah, were they right, dumpers? Right. I mean, there were you know a few dumpers, definitely some. Um, good drinking beers here and there. I mean, keep in mind the style. There was no big West Coast IPAs at the time. It was, right. yeah, everybody was emulating emulating the, the Bath and, and the uh, what else was big? You know, oh, those Bex, Bex, Lager, Styler. Yeah, all the imports that you. Uh, yeah, Heineken. Got it. Heineken. And so, like you know, I didn't really have the ability to make any kind of lagers. Of course, you're only making ales, but you know, you're kind of putting hops on there that were not really. You know the IBUs of the beer I ended up on very high. So, of course, I think the taste buds at that point, no one really expected much out of out of the beer. You know, that's amazing how much that changed in the last fifteen years, right? I mean, ten years. Yeah. Yep. You know, you can't like can't go back. I feel like there's everybody's palate has gotten used to a, a certain IBU, and there's. And it's hard to kind of go back from there. Yeah, things things definitely shift, man. And you know, you can go back sort of. It's almost like uh, like taking a drive through your old neighborhood, you know. And you're like, oh, I remember that. I used to, grow, yeah, I you know used to skate on that thing. And you kind of, oh, I remember when uh, you know I could actually taste uh, things. And now it's just IPAs and IBUs, and and uh, you know you just kind of go full full uh, full force ahead. Exactly, I, I, I get that yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, do you ever take uh, any of your homebrew on the road? Like, what do your what do your fellow bandmates think about what you're doing? Are yeah, they are they as impressed with your uh, with your growth as a homebrewer as you are? Um, they are, you know, kind of taking to the next level. You know, brewing with a lot of national breweries, and, and they're kind of like, oh, that's that's interesting. You know, like I, I, on the road, I've been brewing since like I've been in the string cheese for a long time, so I'd always brew right before tour. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I have about three weeks or so, two and a half weeks of tour, and I'd get back, and then I'd bottle or whatever I was going to do, second fermentation, whatever, and then I would jump in the bus again for another ten days, and then come back, and then by the end I'd have actually a full beer. See, that's Pretty the good. way to do it, man. Because I, I want to sit and mess with stuff. I'll sit. Right. I'll probably what you're doing right now with your with your stuck fermentation. You sit there and you stare at it, and like, what can I do? To right. either Area, completely right. ruin this <laughs> or right. to kind of salvage it. And, uh, right, right, right. yeah, that's great, man. Out of sight, out of mind. So, the, um, yeah, I've been brewing with that. Uh, they, they are not big, uh, craft brew drinkers. They're definitely, um, uh, traditional lager type drinkers. And one of them is gluten free. And so, um, in fact, I put the Claire with the Claire Firm, is that what it is? Uh, yeah. yeah. Clarity Firm, yeah. yeah. How'd that work? I put Claire from in this current beer I have, and I did a beer locally with a company called Fate, and we did it, and it worked out great. So oh, really? There's no, there's no taste difference at all. No. I mean, in my mind, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm hopefully take that to them and, and see if they can, you know, if this one guy, my bass player, Keith, would like it or not. We'll see. Is he willing to try? He's willing to try, yes. I've, I've got a pretty good record now with some of the bigger breweries, so I feel like they're like, oh, you, you kind of know what he's doing. It was a little different than when I was homebrewing when I first joined the band. They're like, right. oh, great, Kyle, sure. And you just put that in the back of the bus. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it is kind of amazing that you uh, haven't been able to convert them after all this time. I actually, I took note of that when I was down in the uh, in the green room there, that the, the fridge, and there's all sorts of goodies in the fridge for the band there, but uh, there was just a lot of uh, macro beer. And, I mean, after 15 years, usually you can convert people, right? Yeah, I mean, 
I did get them to go to a mission. I got um, Keith to go to a mission, which is, what is that? The, the Blondale. Yeah, and they have a hoppy one now, too, out of, um, where are they? They're out of Oregon, right? I'm trying to remember the name of the brewery. <laughs> oh, Omission. Omission? Oh. Isn't that, oh, that's just a line of beers, isn't it? No, it's... Um, uh, it, Deschutes, isn't it? No. No. No, it's called Omission Beer. Right, I thought that was oh, okay. a brewery. Oh, oh, the gluten are they gluten free or something? Yeah, well, they yeah. have a gluten free pale ale, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but I don't know that all omissions. It's Whitmer. Oh, it's Whitmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think it is. That's why it's called omission. I would imagine. It's a line they have. Yeah, I got him converted to that. And, That's good. Uh, and so you know, and I think what it is essentially for me, I just and this is important for me when I go to every every town, I, I try to uh, connect with every brewery, at least a, a small local brewery, and I do a, a meet and greet with fans. Yeah, and I'll I'll do something like uh, I call it like uh, I forget his name like some kind of clever the brew experience or something <laughs> where <laughs> where people can come and uh, win golden tickets if you support a local charity and then the, in the golden ticket you can get like if three or four people win it if you buy a poster and you come in and have a meet and greet with me and then I'll get a local brewery um, to kind of be involved and we'll do like meet and greets and have them oh, bring wow. their brew. And so then I always kind of score out of the whole situation. Like the last time was DC Brow, which is in episode DC, and uh, so I get all these killer bombers and all this really unique stuff people will bring. <laughs> so then I, I'm already taken care of. So the macro brew can live in the fridge for everybody else. Yeah, and you're you're set. Yeah, you got the good <laughs> stuff. I got the cast. Yeah, I got well, the staff. Yeah, right. and it, 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 it's great. And to your point, Scott, maybe he doesn't want to convert everybody because yeah. then he has to share his stash. Right, right. Yeah. exactly. His beers are exactly. safe right now. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Is that how you get hooked up with uh, with some of these guys that you're doing the the collaborations with? Um, definitely some of that. You know, I think um, some of those relationships have been kind of going for a while. Um, but yeah, for sure, putting my name out in that world and trying to brew as much as I can and, and learn as much as I can about the process. Yeah, I, I imagine there, there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of education there, for, you know, for you as as a home brewer. You know, when, when mm-hmm. especially the guys in here, when we go to to breweries, we like to sit in on brew days, or at least just at, you know poke around and ask a bunch of questions. Like the the breweries you go to, that just have the, the standard tours. And it's not right. really enough anymore, you know. Especially after you've been brewing for as long as you have, it's kind of like I want right. I want to know exactly what's you know what's happening there. And it's so, so funny though. You do like I brewed with Mitch from Stone. Yeah, and it's and it and you know the process is exactly the same. <laughs> you know, there's, it's just much larger and a lot more uh, uh, controlled. Um, but it's it's this, the yeast is doing the same thing in my basement or not doing right now. But it, <laughs> instead, it does that it's that it's doing you know at all the great breweries and, and the process is so similar. And I, I, what I love about like how it relates to music for me is is the kind of the tense you're taking with it, like with the beer with stone. It was coriander and I think elderberries or something. I think yeah. so. Yeah, and and so that may or may not work. <laughs> you know? So like we'll see. You know, you know, there was I think there was a pilot system to some degree, but you're still like making eight barrels or something. Um, so if it's too much coriander, you know, pretty much what well, we can do about that. I don't know. You know, that's not, that's not your fault. That's that's up to Mitch. Right. Let, 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 let that guy handle it. Right, exactly. That's what I like about collaborations. If it doesn't work out right, you just play in the brewery. Right. <laughs> or, or you just do a bunch of blending and then you get. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah I mean, talking about collaborations in music, too, I feel like you, I learned, like I just did uh, a little beer talk with the guys from Mo, Vinny specifically, who's the drummer. And he and I were kind of just riffing off each other and talking about improvisation. And then we, we had played music in that before, and we didn't know what we, were, what we were making. We didn't know what we were kind of 
going to brew on stage. And it kind of just kind of came together and worked out great. It's, I learned from them, and they certainly kind of were influenced by me in the same way. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to collaborate with breweries too. How do you uh, how do you how do you figure something like that out on you know as far uh, mus- a musical standpoint? Do you sit and you go, hey, you know what I really like? I like I like Chicago blues, or I like uh, you know right. this kind of uh, you know '60s psychedelic rock, and then you kind of go, okay, and then you just you just go for it, or do you do you have a starting point that you both decide on, whatever that is? Yeah, I think you know it, it varies. I've done um, collaborations um, where it's been very. Uh, people are less comfortable with it. Um, I'm trying to think of who I did worked with recently. Um, a female artist. Her name will come to my mind in one second. But she was on. A, she was not comfortable with the with the collaboration process. Mm-hmm. So we got. We kind of had to be like, this is what we can offer to you. And then and she's like, I, I don't really know how to play bluegrass. I'm going to be. Can you play this? So then we learned kind of more her style, and she kind of we incorporated her more into our world. Versus we did a show with Zach Brown, who's a country artist, and he's like totally got it. He came to right to the table with the he's in the ring, and we came to the table. And we met in the middle. So yeah. I think each collaboration is different. Um, you know, as, as we as, as we it's specifically as as Frenchies works, we kind of have to be open for whatever. We did Cool and the Gang last year. Oh wow! We, we did a collaboration with Cool and Cool and the Gang, and. That was also one of the situations where we kind of had to kind of come to the table knowing from his material. Now, he was pretty, you know, the lead singer from Cool Gang probably wasn't going to sing a blue guest tune with us. Although that would have been really cool. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> awesome, man. But um, so we kind of had to kind of be like, we're going to learn, learn some stuff. And then what, we took some of the traditional great Cool Gang tunes from the 80s or whatever. Yeah. And we, we extended them. We made them jam tunes. And so he was like, I don't know nice. what you guys are going to do. I'm gonna climb the stacks and drink the wine in the side. I would, uh, I would love that, man. That sounds amazing. Fun, fun. So you think, uh, you think Mitch uh, was like, man, I'll bet you Kyle can uh, get me some ins in the music world, and I can play some music. And Kyle was like, I bet Mitch can get me some ins in the beer world. <laughs> yeah, we can make right. some beer, and they're just gonna meet together, reaching off each other. I love it. Well, he's a guitar player. Yeah. So we went, um, so we, at the brewery, um, I instigated a, a jam session. So I got. Uh, it was. I made it with um, uh, the, the guitar player Carrie Kelly. He plays with Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, yeah. It's Alice Cooper's guitar player and myself and Mitch and and um, of course Greg. But we were and Greg sings too or plays guitar. I think. So I instigated a big jam and we had like you know everybody in the brewery wanted to play something. We had like right. eleven eleven drummers. You know the bottling guy said he could play guitar and then the. You know, the barrel aging guy said, I'm a really good bass player. And we had, like, <laughs> yeah. we had like 26 people, and we were just like, we played for about two hours and wow. made, a lot of, made a lot of noise and yeah. made, some good music, we made some good music. But it was a great way to end the brew day. We brewed all day, and then everybody who helped in the brew and everybody who wanted to come, we just set up a big, all this gear and just jammed all night. That's so, awesome. Can you, can I, I get the bottling bucket. I'm going to beat on the bottling bucket. Yeah, the, the, well, exactly. the, the guy who was playing that beat, who's just some goomper on the bottling line, probably went home and was flipping his shit out, telling yeah. his girlfriend or something, you don't believe it happened today, you know? I knew I was working for $8 an hour for, for something, and this was it. Right, right. Exactly. For this and beer. Yeah. I'm like, I, I forgot my theremin at home. I can't I can't sit in. I'm sorry. I don't even know where right. to go with that. Where's uh, Mitch at? Is he here? Uh, he's, he's having some issues. He's going to call Bev right okay. now, as a matter of fact. Um, I should probably let Bev know that. Hey, Bev. Cool. I'm all over it. Got it. Hey, so awesome. How did how did the uh, recipe design for that uh, the stone one's the most recent one you've done, right? I'm not the most recent. I, you know, I did. I'm, 
Hoopla is on its fifth year. The first real collaboration, national collaboration I've made, and that was with Boulder Beer. Um, the most recent probably was that or the one with Cigar City. But mm-hmm. uh, Stone had the recipe was I flew out and I, I'm big getting my hands as much as I can in the process. So he, you know, we talked on the phone about the styles. We did a, a kind of fun a conference call and then we went out and just did a pilot batch and talked about different sorts of ingredients that would go in you know what do you how do you get string cheese and like hippies and like do, <laughs> so, we, do, do we add like patchouli in one bottle and then maybe you know, like <laughs> chamomile and then we couldn't put cannabis in it because it wasn't legal so you know it's like it was it got tricky but it was really fun Where, so, so what do you so what do you bring to the table because it sounds like it's kind of just like what you're doing with music you know you both kind of go this is what I dig on this is what you dig on and we'll try to meet in the middle somewhere but do you do you sit down the night before and make a list of just off the wall shit that you can uh, that you can do and just kind of push the push the boundaries a little bit or or you know no I, yeah I mean I, I definitely have a list of things I would like to especially when you're working with such professional brewers that kind of you know I think they did a they did a beer with seaweed or something it was on the on some show and I was like if you're making beer with seaweed that's like whole next level of weirdness you know um, <laughs> but um, yeah so I, I think it was more in this case it was actually up sitting down and like writing ingredients together and okay. you know no, you had a real good sense of what, what the grain and a malt load was going to be because we knew we wanted to make a higher like a 9% or something so we kind of had that gone gone to the side already and then we figured out what the adjuncts were going to be and then you know the, the hopping schedule so but figuring all that out was definitely I was there <laughs> like yeah. I know a lot, a lot of musicians make beers across the country and, 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 I'm, and I'm psyched that people are connecting beer and music but I just want to be clear that I'm in there like scrubbing the the, the you know the fermenters when they're done and I'm out there with the recipe creation and doing a lot of stuff you know yeah. you so. think the boys from Iron Maiden are like all right Crystal sixty and I'm the, that's all I want to contribute to the, the Trooper <laughs> beer that's, that's right, all exactly. I want to do well how, uh, how how common is starting with ABV I mean does that happen more than I think it does like we're gonna make a high alcohol beer and then kind of go from there I guess you have to have a starting point yeah, somewhere I guess pick something right I never thought about it that way I, mean, I guess my vibe is when I make this beer you know in my, my basement I mean I knew I wanted to do something that was six something six five I knew I wanted a mm-hmm. something a malt load that could hold the hops that, that I wanted to put on it so yeah. I knew right away if I wanted to be hoppy then I, you know once again the, the beer and music metaphor for me is about balance you know if you're going to have a, a really hoppy beer you want to have the malt behind it to kind of hold it so it's not over the top in the same way, if you listen to a band, a band, you want to make sure that it's like even if it's the best Warren Hain solo or Trey solo in the world, it can't be like eleven times louder. Right. It needs to, it needs to fit in with the malt bill. It needs to fit in with the groove of what's happening, and so they all kind of come together and it makes it you know, a cohesive unit. So, so in, to answer your question, to me, I, I, so I kind of knew what a malt bill was going to be based on where I wanted to be used. Okay, uh, I think we have Mitch Steele on the phone here. Oh, good. I'm in your uh, your collab. Let me let me get him on. Let's see if I do it right. Yeah, Hang you're good. Go ahead. Good. Mitch, are you with us, buddy? I am. How you doing, man? Yes. Hi, Mitch. Great. How are you? This is Kyle. Kyle, what's up? How you doing today? I'm good. Good. How about yourself? How you been? I'm doing great, man. Actually, I have so many questions for you. We should take some of these off the air. 
No, no, this is great. You guys yeah. can do some heavy lifting, please. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe he just wants to talk to him about, like, uh, you know, Sharpay grooming. I don't know. Maybe yeah, it has yeah. nothing to do with beer. Well, I've got this rash I need you to look at. Uh, we're, we're talking beer? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, no, we just want to call you and hang out, Mitch. We like you. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah, yeah. we're going to do beer yeah, news later. We want you to sit in. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about um, Delicious IPA. I want to know a little bit more about... Um, you probably can't give out too many secrets, but I'm really, because I just got it the other day, and, and you're saying it's gluten-reduced, and is that from, do you have to tell us what, how that is processed? Or what's the deal which, on that? Which beer? Delicious IPA. Oh, yeah. Uh, so um, we, use a, we use an enzyme in there to break down the gluten, and it's... Uh, it's something that White Labs turned us on to, and uh, it really works well. All you do is add it to the fermenter, and it breaks down proteins. It was originally developed as a chill-proofing enzyme uh, to reduce beer haze, and I was talking with Chris White about this a few years ago, and he was telling me about this because we were having some haze issues with our beers, and then he said, oh, and coincidentally, it takes gluten out. <laughs> <laughs> I, that really got my attention because... Uh, my my father-in-law has celiac, and he was a big beer drinker until he got diagnosed, and he hadn't been able to drink beer. So we started doing some testing and uh, figured out it worked, and and it's been great. It, the beer's been a big hit. We we use a hop called El Dorado in it, which is really got a unique character. So this El Dorado. This is a new beer that you guys have coming out at Stone Mitch. Yeah, we we came out with this out. in uh, January. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. How's it being received? Uh, I feel like a low gluten beer is uh, would uh, be snapped up pretty quick. Do, do you market it that way? Uh, yeah. We do, we do. But you know what? The beer is a, a good IPA, and and that was our first goal. And um, you know, the gluten uh, reduction piece to me is is just an extra added benefit. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, we tested uh, several recipes, and and the El Dorado hop is a, is kind of a new hop variety. And it's really got this unique lemon starburst kind of character. Oh wow! Yes, I'm definitely feel I definitely lemon. There's no other lemon in it. There's no verbena or anything like that. It's just it's just that hop, right? It's just the hop, yeah. So right. so what about the uh, the chill the uh, the haze problem? That that was something that popped up suddenly for Stone. Yeah, that was something we were struggling with a couple of years ago, and we were having a hard time figuring it out. And it turned out that what the problem was is that our beer was getting warm uh, going through the centrifuge. And Mm. what happens is chill haze is formed uh, by proteins and and tannins um, combining. And it's called chill haze because it forms when the beer is cold and then dissolves when the beer is warm. And, And how you deal with it, is you chill the beer down and you get this haze to form and then you run it through your filter and that pulls all the haze out and what we were struggling with is our beer was going through the filter too warm so the haze hadn't developed and then it developed after we packaged it so so did you change your process that that suddenly became a problem where it wasn't in 2003 we think it was a malt issue you know, brewers no. like to blame the maltster, and, <laughs> and we're no different, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, it was kind of across the board, though. No, I think it was more more an issue with our process and the fact that we were growing so fast and our chilling systems just couldn't keep up with what we're doing. Uh, what, what about you, Kyle? What do you do for, for clarity for your home brews? Well, as you heard before, Michigan, I, I was, I'm using Clarity Firm. Oh, yeah. In my current home brew right now, which is... Uh, 
it's going to make it somewhat gluten-free. I think we can't really say it's 100% out. Yeah, gluten reduced or whatever. Reduced, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and honestly, in homebrew, I don't really care what it looks like that much. Um, right. it, it sits in a keg and it goes into a a glass into my stone glass, and then I drink it from there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mitch, before you came on, we were talking about uh, about how Kyle kind of prepares for uh, collaborations with the professional side. But how do you how do you do that with uh, with home brewers? You know, like Kyle, do you do you come into the collaboration with a, sort of an idea on a style that you want to uh, hit, or you just kind of leave it open to uh, to whatever whatever process uh, you know forms? You know, we we really like to leave it open, and you know, our our take has always been with any collaborations, whether it's with home brewers or with professional brewers, is to let the collaborators really drive the recipe and the concept for the beer. Because we're going to be doing the brewing, we're going to be fermenting, we're going to be packaging it, we're making all the money on the beer. Yeah, and and so we want to we wanted to have um, an opportunity for the collaborators to really have some pretty serious input in it, and it, it's been fun for us that way because it allows us to brew things that we may not have come up with on our own, and and that's part of the fun. Do, right. do you ever uh, question? You know, so so uh, the the brew that you did with Kyle, it was a double IPA with uh, coriander and elderberry. Did you ever sit there and scratch your head and go, "What the hell is going on here? This is never going to work." <laughs> it, that has happened. It didn't happen with this particular beer because we actually had Kyle and Carrie out to the brewery and we did a pilot brew and we tasted a whole bunch of of traditional brewing herbs and pick them together so you know we knew we had a pretty good idea what we thought was going to work okay yeah. well wait I, I have a question then um tell me about seaweed seaweed right do you use seaweed when you want mitch <laughs> mitch are you there yeah i think you floored uh, mitch he just right, right. He knocked him right out he's yeah. so blown away the, the, the seaweed beer yeah yeah uh, are you talking about the one we did for brew dog yes Brewdog television show. That's the one. Yeah, that was one that had me scratching my head. Yeah, okay. You have to, right? You, there's no way that you yeah. were just not like, you know, oh yeah, seaweed, sure, let's do it. Oh, it was it was horrific too. It was awful. Of oh, course it was. Turned out bad. Yeah, you don't say. Yeah, it did not turn out well. You're like a goza or something where you have that. Uh, it was beyond a goza. I really? mean, it was just a yeah. salty mess. Like it was terrible. Yeah. Is, that's what was wrong with it. it was just too salty. Well, that was part of it. Uh, <laughs> that was the main thing. Yeah, it would have been the only thing. It, it might have been okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's uh, we use salt, or, or we use the seaweed, and we use peppers in the beer. Oh, right. The so it, it just didn't play together well, and it just—I uh, don't know—it was yeah. pretty bad. And uh, uh, actually, what we tasted, or what they tasted on the show, was kind of a doctored-up version of the beer because it was. So bad, and I didn't. I felt guilty serving it to everybody who was oh. in the pizza. Yeah, I couldn't make anything but in a horrible face when they drink it. I mean, right? Yeah. yeah, they would totally yeah, give it away. Yeah, so everybody's cheering and saying how great the beer is, and that's because we we fixed it last minute. Oh. <laughs> so it's not the beer. It's actually Stone IPA you're in your glass. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Right. Was it supposed to be a commercial release, or it was just for this show? It was just for the show. It wasn't. It wasn't ever designed to be released. It was just designed to be tasted on the in the, in the restaurant. Good thing. 
Do you? Yeah, uh, good thing. It was a dumper. Do you have to research some of these products? So you know, I mean, have you? I don't know if you ever used elderberry before, but uh, I don't know. To me, like you know, we we get this this recipe down, and we go, okay, we'll use uh, you know shoelaces and some leather and some you know shoe polish or whatever. I just want to point out that JP is pretending to write as he yeah. says these things. Right. Like it, I'm, I'm writing scribbling. out my He's recipe. Crossing them off. Look, I wrote it. It <laughs> says right there. Um, <laughs> It makes me well, think. I don't know. Uh, but like, do you research them, or, or you, you kind of just have been brewing with enough weird stuff over the years that you kind of know how everything's going to work, except seaweed? Oh, no. I, I, we try to research them. You know, we'll do, yeah. we'll do benchtop trials, throw some ingredients mm. in the beer, and just see how it tastes. I, I, uh, I'm not that confident in using all these weird ingredients. <laughs> I, <laughs> we've had many misses, spectacular misses. <laughs> Well, and, and to that point, you, you know, you, you have to, and, and, and that's what kind of what this whole thing is about, right, is to, to teach the people listening when they want to collaborate with their fellow homebrewers. Like, how do you, how do you get this kind of creative process going? And uh, I th- it sounds like one of the keys is to not be afraid to fail. Yes. Oh, absolutely. That's something I preach all the time, you know, especially when I was homebrewing a lot. I'd, I'd take all sorts of chances just to see what, what would happen and how it would work out. And I think that's that's the fun of it, you know. And with this beer with BrewDog, you know, it was only a 20-gallon batch. So if it didn't turn out great, no big deal. You know, if we were brewing 3,000 barrels of it on the big system, I'd put a little bit more effort in understanding what we were going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's funny. That's the, the exact quote I give to young musicians who come up to me. I said, don't be afraid to fail. Like, take those chances. You know, once you have, you know, your basic um, skill set under your fingers, be willing to kind of riff off of that, be willing to explore, and, and you're going to fall on your face sometimes, you know. But you're right, like if, if I'm playing Red Rocks, yeah. would, would, I may be a little bit, a little bit, I try not to be, but I may be a little bit more inhibited than when I'm playing, you know, a, a local show for a 1,000 people versus 10,000 people. I might do more research into my ingredients if I'm playing Red Rocks versus I'm just playing. Why is local that? Team, you know? Why is that? I, I don't know. For me, and it, and it shouldn't be, I think the ultimate goal is, is you know, I, I just played with Phil Lesh last week. He played with the Grateful Dead. And talking about, like, jumping off, man, you just have to be ready. He gives you, <laughs> he, he gives you a set, he gave me the set last two hours in the band. Said, I hope you know all these songs. I was like, oh my God. Um, and I think they got to the level where, and I think some degree Fish does, where it doesn't matter where you, what level you're playing or how many people you're playing to. Yeah. You just can go to that space. And, and I think generally string cheese is, is good, at, good at that as well. It's just that, you know, everybody gets a little bit nervous when you walk onto those big stages, you know. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. It, it's interesting, though. I, that, that is not, not how I think of, uh, of of musicians, especially ones on the level of, of a string cheese incident. You just assume right. that they have those bright lights on them no matter where they are, and they're just doing their thing. Right. You forget, just that, go they're, for it. You forget yeah. that they're humans. Or maybe it's the other way around, right? You go on a, a smaller uh, a smaller stage, and you kind of uh, maybe play to, you know, play a shorter set but at, at like a festival or a larger stage maybe you, right. you, you yeah I, I don't know I, I i would be too nervous to to disappoint anybody to just do anything <laughs> i'd stand there and just crap myself and leave uh, and uh, in other news uh, jp's looking for a gig if you got an opening in the band kyle that's why. Right, I, great. I, look, I'm that's not afraid great. to fail. That's that's one thing I'm not afraid <laughs> of. He's actually real good at it. Yeah, I'm actually excellent at it. I have to ask this one last thing before we take a break, just to put you on the spot, Kyle. Do you have a favorite venue that you've played? Um, probably um, other than Stones back room, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, would probably be Red Rocks. You know, um, yeah. we play the Verone Festival in the Midwest called um, Electric Forest, and that's a, that's a really fun place too. But awesome. I think Red Rocks being home is great. 
Uh, well, we're going to take a break right now. Uh, Kyle, if you can stick around, we're going to do one more segment with you, if yeah. you like. Can you hang out with sure. us? Um, sure. Mitch, if you want to hang on, too, you're, you're more than welcome. We're going to talk a little more collaboration. and uh, you know. But if you have uh, to sh- groom your Sharpay, I understand. <laughs> No, I'll hang out. Okay. okay. Especially if, you know, if Kyle and uh, Mitch would like to have a, a conversation and let us go, t- you know, have a beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it'll be about like a five-minute break or whatever, and then we'll come back and, and, and get with you guys again. Cool? Cool. Okay. All right. Awesome. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, everyone, for sticking with us. And uh, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Limited time only. Enter promo code BN Army during January and February for 10% off any Monster Mill. Don't settle for the second best grain mill. You want a Monster Mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. Monster Mills are tough, come in two- and three-roller designs, and are made right here in the USA from superior materials for longer-lasting performance. Pick the mill that's right for you at MonsterBrewingHardware.com and take Bevo's advice. Trust me, it's always better to have a bigger tool than you think you need. (laughs) Monster Mills have the best warranty in the business. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. Visit MonsterBrewingHardware.com now and check out all the mills and mill accessories. Remember, during January and February, for 10% off any mill, enter promo code BNARMY. Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and roast. Rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. For nearly 40 years, one organization has had your back. The American Homebrewers Association. Are you a member? (laughs) Why not? Join the more than 40,000 brewers who enjoy all the American Homebrewers Association has to offer. Like Zymergy Magazine, in print and online. Plus the Zymergy app. Zymergy is the leading publication for amateur brewers around the world. Supporters also get member deals at their local breweries, bars, and homebrew shops. These alone quickly pay for your membership. You'll also get great member-only resources at homebrewersassociation.org and access to AHA events like the National Homebrewers Conference and the National Homebrew Competition. The American Homebrewers Association promotes the hobby of homebrewing, protects the interests of homebrewers, and brings beer lovers together become a member today it costs less than a batch of beer and gives back so much more visit homebrewersassociation.org that's it 
hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite Bare Bones Club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. are back. All right, welcome back, everyone. Thanks for hanging out. We have Kyle Hollingsworth here from the String Cheese Incident and uh, most recently from a collaborative brew with uh, Mitch Steele from Stone. I got a uh, the uh, Brewery Omegang uh, Game of Thrones beer in my hand that uh, one of our uh, bar patrons out there had got a bottle, and he handed it to me with the, the rest of it. Remember I reported on this that they did a Game of Thrones beer? Yes, yeah, yes. Well, he, here it is in the flesh. It exists. Yeah, it does. It exists in the wild. And it's a series. There's multiple <laughs> Game of Thrones right. beers. I wanted to get in on the, uh, you know, uh, media, collaborating with breweries and doing things. Uh, mm-hmm. lo- loosely related to, you know, what Kyle's doing, I <laughs> yeah. guess. I don't know. Yeah. How do you think uh, George R.R. R. Martin approached brewing with Omegang? <laughs> you think he, uh, I don't know, just sat there and stared at him? Well, I want to know what Tyrion thinks of that beer. Because he's <laughs> exactly. an appreciator of spirits. I don't know. Do you understand their references, Kyle? Because I don't. Uh, I do. Oh, I good. In fact, I have, I've had to go watch Sundays. Uh, uh, careful. I haven't seen mm. it yet. No spoilers. No spoiler <laughs> Spoiler alert central here. All right, oh, good. you're really not going to like when Danny dies. Hey, mm. stop it. Oh, you know what man. For sure there's some nudity, and I'm sure there's some somebody dies. That's the way you tune in. And, 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 it, and, and both in equal doses, and both are <laughs> unexpected. There's unexpected yeah, exactly. nudity and unexpected death, and I'm okay with it. But it's a great way to end a Sunday. Right. And it'll be totally boring until the last ten minutes, and then you're going to be exactly. like, oh, something happened. Cool. I'll watch next week. Oh, man. Uh, Kyle, tell me about the uh, the Labruski cruise, man. That sounds, uh, that sounds interesting. Oh, nice. Sweet. I'm so glad you're bringing that up. We actually yeah. kind of, we're just probably going to announce it this week. Um, it's, it's, it's basically going to be a floating beer festival. We're trying to get 20 to 30, or maybe 30 to 50 breweries on board. Wow. And, and we're going to be, uh, probably doing things like brewing on board, uh, beer dinners. Um, we're trying to separate, uh, the front of the ship to the back for by regions of you know, the world, if not perhaps more so the country wow. and then we're going to have music acts on board so there's definitely some music but my big thing is essentially I'm trying to get everybody psyched for a floating um, beer festival and you know, I'm actually hoping to even brew on stage brew at the event kind of like, you know, wow. that, that would sweet. be amazing uh, okay. like you gotta set the timer so you know every 15 minutes yeah. you, you stop playing and throw in some hops or you <laughs> right, hops call someone exactly. from stage and be like who wants to add my flavor hops <laughs> That would be, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, like beer fans would love it. It would be so much fun in that way. Like, I think 
getting them on board and having them like you know meeting some of the brewers from different breweries around the country and and you know getting the access to great uh, you know seminars and and maybe some unique beers you can't get anywhere else you know yeah. maybe I'll try to maybe I'll try to do a couple collaborations that are only available on the boat you know Absolutely. That'd be cool. When when does that whole thing go down? It's um good question. Isn't that information right in front of you on a piece of paper? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in it's in March next year. March next Thank year. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I know it's my March. I think it's right about my birthday. I think actually March second is my birthday. I think it's like third and fourth. Or something. Hell, if we if we got paid to do the show, then yes. <laughs> We would have information right at hand, but uh, that's going to be a, a nice gift for yourself. So, you're going to what are you, are you going to like uh, play the host on board? Yes, it was. It was you know, Big Lebowski is supposed to be a play on the Big Lebowski. Um, so there's a little bit of play on on that. So you know, they were actually trying to get who, who was the kind. Of, you guys can help me. Who was the main star of Big Lebowski? Who was the dude? Jeff Bridges. They're trying to. They're, they're kind of courting Jeff Bridges to be part of the. Oh, uh, wow. You got to do that. I think the yeah. Bring Network should be a part of this. Yes, too. Yeah. Can we get in on this or what? Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll do some um, broadcasting. Um, that'd be awesome. Right on the boat. I don't know if we should like maybe pre-record it because or something. Because I don't know if we can actually go off the boat with 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 Wi-Fi. Need high yeah, maybe. Yeah, we 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 do well, live recordings all the time. Feeds. Yeah, we'll be fine. We can do it. But uh, yeah, so I think this would be a, a bit of a, you know the bowling night, you know, or something something night. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. Uh, picking Same which tar- which carpet ties the room together. <laughs> yeah. So are you gonna are you gonna play? Is the whole uh, string cheese incident gonna be there? Or are you playing your solo stuff? It's, it's my solo stuff, and we definitely have I think OARs on there and a couple other bands. Um, we probably have like fifteen or twenty bands, so there's gonna be music as well, um, but not string cheese, just, just myself. How long is this event gonna be? It's like five, um, four or five days, right? Four or five days. Yeah. Oh, it's Might an actual cruise. Yeah, it's a cruise. It's, yeah. it's oh, with okay, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, yeah. it's with Carnival, it's right? It's like one of Carnival shift. Yep, and you yep. Uh, get up and you go out, and we're going to bring you to the whole stops of the cool islands, and maybe in the island there'll be a separate little brew, brew festival on the beach, you know. So See, it's going to be kind of a fun thing. This is awesome. I swore that I would never go on a cruise because this uh, is the one. It just yeah. it, it creeps me out. But this is the one. If you can get Ween back together uh, and, and have them <laughs> book them, awesome, then right? I'm 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 so into them. Uh, it's not even funny. And I'd, I'd be there. I'd be first in line buying tickets on the internet. That'd be awesome. Uh, Mitch, are you still there, buddy? Yes, I am. Perfect. Uh, do me a favor, dude. Tell me how it was playing with a bona fide rock star because uh, I've never done that before. I've only played with Sam. Yeah, Kyle, what was it like playing with Mitch? <laughs> uh, Mitch, that was so much fun. Didn't you have a great? That was an awesome night. I don't know if you guys that. Was that definitely a highlight of my musical uh, it's gotta endeavors. Be, right? I, you know, I've never thought I'd be able to do something like that, and it was just fun. It was great to have the whole team out there. So many people yeah. at Stone like to play music and. At times it was a cacophony, and other times it kind of worked, but it was just great, you know? It was great fun. Just like beer, man. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it gets all muddled and lost, but uh, uh, was there were, were there a couple of moments? I, I don't know why I just got to know, like, uh, where you're kind of looking around, like, what the fuck is everybody doing right now? Oh, uh, yeah. Find the, t- find the downbeat. <laughs> find it! <laughs> you know, Kyle and... Uh, Kyle and Carrie did their best to try to keep us in line, but it didn't always work. (laughs) (laughs) It's like herding cats. That's weird. Yep. All right, so, yeah, there's a couple other things uh, on uh, Kyle's one sheet here that I wanted to cover. Uh, that You've you've gotten a a lot of money raised for Conscious uh, Alliance. Can you tell us about Mm -hmm. the charity? Yeah, it's a charity we've been working with. uh, String Chief specifically has been working with for many years. They they help... uh, 
We started out helping Native Americans uh, in Wyoming, and then they've, they've stretched out and, and helping uh, lots of families in need now, uh, mainly to the food donation, but it's kind of turned more so into and clothing and other building, you know, houses and et cetera for, for people in need. So it's, like, it's something, you know, I've probably been involved with for about 15 years or so. Awesome. So yeah, they were, they were always involved with my brew festival, et cetera. So. Oh, yeah, the, the Kyle, Kyle's Brew Fest. Yes. Yeah, what about that? Yeah. That's a fun thing I do uh, once a year, and, and it, it's always a challenge. We're about to announce that uh, coming up soon, too. And it's, uh, it's awesome to do, but, you know, I'm, once again, just like brewing the best I can. I, I try to be hands-on. So I'm like, okay, let's organize the porta potties. Let's put them over here. Let's put the, <laughs> the stage is going to be here. And, and, and I, it's so awesome, and, and we're actually doing a pre-party at the Street Cheese Intimates uh, Red Rocks Run. So we're going to actually do a brew festival, charity beer, beer festival right before string cheese show so there's a lot more details now in trying to get that involved but it's, it's a great event it's uh, 35 to 40 breweries and I try to collaborate as much as I can with whoever's on board there and uh, so it's fun it's great how the course is in, in Boulder, Colorado yeah now, now how fast do you think we could burn our live broadcast bridge where just every of Kyle's involved in like 18 rad events a year and we just like oh, we'll, we'll, we'll broadcast from there we'll broadcast from the cruise we'll broadcast from Kyle's Brewfest we'll broadcast from every stop drink season love it yeah I think we I'm could do it, it. I, I think we could do it it sounds <laughs> rad man and then uh, and then GABF uh, you'll you'll like this Bevo this is why uh, uh, Isaac I don't know is that why Isaac Hansen was there did you get him to go Kyle um, well I was trying to actually we should this involves next year because I'm going to ask him about next year but um, this last year we did it um Hanson came out with a beer uh, called Um Hop instead of Um Bop. Oh, we know. <laughs> and, uh, and so he was there promoting his his uh, new beer, and I was there just because I love being hanging around with really cool people, um, like that are really famous brewers like Mitch. And so I, you know, it's when I meet all these. I play with really great musicians, like really famous Paul Simon and play with Phil Lesh, and I'm always like, oh, hey, what's up? And, but then I meet like really famous brewers. I'm like, oh my god, that's Sam from Dogfish. Oh my god, that's. <laughs> That's, That's Mitch. Awesome. Oh my God, I'm talking to him. You know, like, <laughs> I, get all, I, I don't know what to say. Um, but yeah, so they, at Great American, we did a little event. It was uh, Sam and, and me and uh, Bradley from uh, Humber Association, and it was really fun. Yeah, we we know Bradley. We're good. We're good pals with him, and uh, apparently he can lay down the bass pretty good. Yes, and so what we're needing this year is a guitar player. We need Mitch to be involved. Oh. So nice. The, the, that was my my conversation. I wanted to have him separately. So Mitch, I'll what do you think? Are you gonna are you gonna join him on stage? Uh, I, yeah, I'd love to. That'd be fun. Is it? Is it? Is, it, uh, it, is this going to be a yearly thing now? The music and beer panel. I don't know. I, Bradley's really into it, and of course, I'm I'm so into it as well. So I think it's just kind of up to him. I would hope I'm involved, um, but I think it's a great. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the great the whole concept of those two worlds coming together is is something that's important to me, and I think it's. An, it's a cool part, a good side of, of the beer industry, you know. Yeah, it's it's definitely cool. Well, you know, for your for the band at the at the GABF, if you guys need to, someone to walk on stage and crap their pants, <laughs> I'm your guy. <laughs> like that's what I I can do that real well. No problem. Okay, great. You're in. <laughs> what always blew me away is I I saw uh, uh, as a side note I saw uh, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones one year at the Fillmore only because uh, there's another band opening up that I really wanted to see which. How often does that you know happen? There's a really famous band, but you really go there for the opener, opener which right, uh, right. it was a flogging Molly at the time. And, oh yeah, uh, and so we're standing there. We're like, well, wh- whatever. We paid to get in, and and the Boston they had this dude that dances 
every song he's boss tones so that's what he does like that's his gig for the band and i'm like first of all how do you get that gig and second of all <laughs> you just do this you just skank for like two and a half hours it's and- got to be a relation like dickie barrett's kid brother or something right <laughs> it's, gotta be, it's a familiar i thing. think it's like a fan who just did it one time really? and they're like sure let's do this and then uh yeah do you, do you, do you have anybody get on stage and, and do some weird weird crap like that um not not all the time you have <laughs> Random people that jump on stage and dance, but I mean, no, yeah. for real, we do. Um, String Cheese is pretty about the incident, you know, about every show being different and every beer I try to make it different. But every String Cheese incident, every show is different, so we'll hire like Cirque du Soleil people a lot of times, and oh, wow. they'll put they'll put on a, a cool event with people hanging from wires and ropes, and and uh, so it's kind of cool, you know. Wow. It's, it's nice. It's nice to see. That artwork, that art coming together with music as well. Yeah, a lot of visuals. It sounds like you guys need to get uh, hooked up with uh, Lagunitas and their beer circus thing that they do. Oh, I've heard about. I haven't quite. I heard about it, but I actually haven't seen it. Tasty circus. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be perfect to play at that event. Yeah. They have like sword swallowers and fire breathers and yeah. contortionists yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Nice. That nice. sounds pretty rad, man. So, so what is your your next uh, collab coming up? Um, I, I'm more interested. Mitch, when's your next collab? Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we we just released one with um, um, we did we brewed a beer with Ecliptic up in Portland, John Harris's new brewery, and Wicked Weed out in North Carolina. Yes. Okay. John nice. Harris was at uh, Full Sail, right? No. Right yes, for right. a long time, and then he okay. opened up his new place. And you know, I've known John for like 25 years, so this was a this was a real treat, and. Uh, you know, we brewed, a, we brewed an IPA. It was a double IPA blended with a Belgian triple. What? And wow. we aged the, the Belgian triple in tequila barrels. So you and you brewed the, the the double IPA, and then you brewed the Belgian triple, and then you blended those two together. So you Yeah, we brewed the beers. Belgian triple back in December, and then the double IPA just a couple months ago, and then we blended, blended the two together. And, to, right. and the Belgian was aged in tequila barrels. Yes. Have you done any tequila barrel aging before, or was this part of a collaboration kind of idea? This was the first one. <laughs> I don't know how it how it came up, but <laughs> um, who, who came up with the idea? But you know, our, our barrel manager Steve Gonzalez was able to find some tequila barrels, and yeah. we went to town. What did you think of it? Are you going to Stone going to have a tequila barrel aged beer coming out? I you know it. It, it needs to be the right beer. I think tequila doesn't lend itself to beer as well as bourbon barrels do. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think in a triple it worked out really well. So if we ever did it, anything that was Asian tequila barrels, it'd probably be something with a Belgian slant to it. Mm-hmm. Well, how did the barrel beer taste, and what percent of the total uh, blend was the barrel beer? That's Tasty McDowell, in case you didn't know, Mitch. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, you know what I mean. uh, The barrel-aged portion was just a small portion, about 12.5%. Okay. The triple okay. was 25% of the total blend. Oh, I see. Interesting. Wow. And then the rest of it was uh, the remaining 75% was double IPA. How'd that come out? It's, can you give us I a couple I liked it. Of... I thought it was really great. It, it, we used... Um, Oh, what did we use? We used Calypso and Amarillo hops in it and, and really tried to give it kind of a tropical thing to go with uh, the tequila, and I think it worked. Right. And, then, and then the Belgian triple, you get some banana from the yeast, 
Right. Um, and then uh, we also used Yarrow hops in it, and and so uh, to me those hops come across kind of banana-like. So <laughs> we just had this kind of tropical fruit salad going on with a beer with little hints of oak and berries. Sweet. Yeah, some of that tannin maybe coming through. I mean, how, how much of that tequila uh, comes comes through? Like, if I taste it, would I go, oh, yeah, I, I can get the tequila, or, or do you ever have to work at it? You have to work at it a little bit. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. The barrels that we used uh, had, were red wine barrels, and they had only held tequila for a few months, mm-hmm. uh, about three months, and then we got them right after that. So there wasn't a heck of a lot of tequila impregnated in the wood. I think we actually got oh. more character from the red wine. Oh, really? Yeah. If you want to make a tequila beer, just use agave as a fruit. Don't, right. Don't eat it. You don't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't no, do the tequila just, uh, proper. Yeah. Hmm. Does does yeah? And we used agave nectar in both beers. Oh, okay. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh. Which you know kind of tied it all together. Yeah. Right, and, it, and that ferments out there. Right? Agave. Yeah, it's, it's like honey or. You know, any sort of uh, sweet syrup, it ferments out almost 100%. Well, that, that, so that's actually an interesting point. Could you use agave to, like, you would use sugar just to boost alcohol as a substitute for, for sugar? Well, yeah, yeah, you must want that other flavor that comes with it. But, yeah, yeah. sure, sugar, sugar. Yeah, what, 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 what am I trying to say? What sort of flavors come to the beer from that fermented out agave? Are they a little, like, kind of darker uh, flavors, or is it is it like a cane sugar where you just really don't taste a whole lot of it? I, I'd say it's more like a cane sugar. It really, I, I couldn't pick up on it. Now, agave nectar has some nice flavor. I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. I didn't get any of that in the beer. Okay. And so, but you just use it just to kind of play around with it because it's, uh, you're using tequila barrels and it's kind of fun, or? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that, that that's, that's part of, uh, you know, doing a beer as well you know home brewing or, or, or commercial brewing or uh you know collaboration is you know you can kind of you know play around with that i know i know a few home brewers who they'll always pour a little bit of the beer they're drinking into the beer that they're making while it's boiling you know just shit like that because you know just to play around and stuff so yeah i get it that's cool um last night i at club mitch too i i found a new great style beer that's gonna be awesome it's gonna be it's a basically a, a wild ipa which I'm sure people are making now. This is from <laughs> now. They've been making it since the first home brewer crawled out of the yeah, but exactly. not water, exactly. not on yeah, purpose. Exactly. Right? No, uh, Ken Crooked Save, right? you know Crooked Save guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it was such a great mix of Brett, and then they they must have done some blending because it came out and there's really nice hop notes on it, and you definitely have a malt flavor to it. So it's been like they must do like a 10 percent bread or something with it or sour, and it was. So incredible! I was like, "This is going to be for me." I'm not a huge sour guy, mm-hmm. but it was a nice mixture. I was like, "This is this is the right way. This is the way to kind of get people introduced to to those flavors, you know, and still bring in and the hop qualities to it." It's really nice. Okay, that, you know that's good because there there have been people who've who've tried that on the homebrew circuit. You know, you go to like a NHC the homebrew conferences, and people are pulling out their experimental stuff for club night and whatever, and uh, it doesn't always it doesn't always work. So. Uh, uh, I think it takes a, a light hand at that, you know. Yeah, exactly. That yeah, exactly. Exactly. But don't be afraid to fail, right? That's that's the other thing in this whole thing. There you go. Well, and I'm glad yeah. to hear you coming around a little bit on the uh, sour stuff. I, I brought Kyle a, a rare barrel bottle uh, mm-hmm. back when I went to the concert last year, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm not much of a sour guy, but you know, here I got this Stone Collab beer." And oh man! So I'm glad to hear you say that, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's really well done. It's uh, it really well. Yeah, it's great. That's excellent. What, what's uh, what's the next collab for you, Kyle? 
I know you, um, you deflected to Mitch, but, uh, you know, no, let's uh, talk about I, you for I, a second. I'm always intrigued what he's working on. But uh, for me, let's see. Um, I, what am I working on now? I did one recently with Sweetwater. We did uh, a, a cask for the 420 Festival. And actually, it turned out it turned out really great. I was really impressed by because you never quite know what the cast you're like what's going right. to happen. Right. And uh, it was it was great. Um, so that was the most recent one. And I don't think I had one really in the works. It was talk of Star Hill. I don't know. You've you've done of, one with uh, Sweetwater before, right? I don't know. Yes, on Jan Cruise, exactly. Yeah, which yeah. was okay. at least three or four years ago. Um, but like I said, Hoopla, my collaboration, fifth year coming. It, it, it comes out in about a week. Um, and then I'm just always open for things. We'll see, you know. Yeah. Are, are, you, are you starting to get breweries contacting you, or is it still you just reaching out to breweries that you love or are or, or local to, to the, the joints you're playing at? Um, I definitely get some breweries reaching out to me, for sure, um, now. And it, it's a matter of kind of making making the choice and where I want to put my name. Because I think to some degree I'm using my name to help them sell their products. So I sure. want to make sure that I feel strongly about the brewery I'm getting involved with. So a lot of times is I like going out there and doing tastings with them and seeing what makes sense. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a little so, less worried about local stuff, but yeah. <laughs> in other words, if you're a busted whistle brewing company at a at a Poughkeepsie, right. don't bother. <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you're stone, but by that, all means. Hey, busted whistle brewing may have the best Hellas in the entire universe. <laughs> you never know. And we just don't know about yeah, it because their bottling line's broken or whatever. <laughs> right. uh, right. Kyle, what would you say the 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 largest uh, uh, piece of advice or, 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 or a commercial aspect of brewing that you were able to take from from uh, let's say Mitch, someone as handsome and, and ruggedly good looking as Mitch Steele, uh, and, and incorporate into your brewing? Because um, you got to pick up on stuff, right? I mean, that's just absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, along the way, I've definitely learned. Um, uh, is it just general? Uh, you like, know, well, one, one, I learned one great. I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but I learned one great thing of Mitch about how how he does his how he does the hop, you know, and where he places hop placement within within the boil, and and, and so for me, I, I think I picked up a little bit of information at different breweries I go along. I worked okay. at Telluride, Telluride Brewing, and I learned some stuff from them too. And I think it isn't like one specific thing, um, but some great, you know. Just a, I mean, it's it's probably a really hard question to pin down, but uh, I mean, I guess I would imagine just maybe an overall, uh, you know, elevation in your in your brewing technique and and you know ingredient handling and timing of transfers and stuff like that. Um, I think a lot of that actually has come from this trial and error in my and in, in working with my friends here in town. You know, like going out and brewing with the big guys as much as I can, and mm-hmm. taking some taking I literally take notes when I brew with those guys and like okay cool i'm coming i'll try it here and it doesn't necessarily work on the 10 gallon system you know it should theoretically if i ever tear it if i break it down enough but um but a lot of times when my friends and i were kind of with this experiment here in the backyard and i get a lot of i learn a lot from that like right now like it's like i'm figuring out maybe i don't want to use that british yeast that's currently in my <laughs> fermenter that's not doing what i want it to do yeah um, yeah it probably flocked out too soon is probably what happened to you I don't really know. I don't know what's going on. I, I, I could probably a temperature thing. We've had a lot of rain. And yeah, if, it's probably, if it senses it's trying to go cold, it'll pluck out real quick. What, 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 which English strain is it, uh, Kyle? It's, uh, um, it's funny. I actually wrote it down in case you asked me because I don't have it on top of my head. It's uh, WY1335. Um, oh, why is 1335? Yeah. I'm not familiar with what that is. Anybody know what that is? I don't know the yeah. English strains. Yeah. Yeah. I would guess it's, it's British 1, 2, or 3. 
So I went in like I, Seven. I, you know, I gave it some, I gave it some uh, aeration. I gave it a little bit more stuff, and then I warmed it up. And, well, don't and re- I know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to do obviously not too much, but I'm just trying to want to get something for it to eat, feel like it could actually kind of have some growth still happening. I didn't like bring it yeah. upside down, but yeah. but it didn't. You know, it's, it's going to drop a little bit more, I think. But I'm really thinking about pitching something like my neighbor has some standard. Well, meantime, just try rousing the yeast that you yeah. already got in there. Shake it up. That's what I'm saying. That's what I did. I did that. That's what I did. Yeah. All right. And then and heated up to some degree to kind of keep it leaking. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was down to like 63 for a while. And I was like, that's not going to work. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, that'll good. make it drop out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe what it is, you know, it could just could be like it didn't quite ferment out, you know. Continuation is not exactly what I wanted, but that's fine. It's also going to be great, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, warm it up. It'll be fine, I'm sure. I mean, it'll be, po- you know, whatever. It's just beer. It's, I've been uh, doing, I don't know, Mitch probably have heard this little this little shtick I do, but I kind of compare compare different elements of um, music, different elements of a band to um, to um, different elements in beer. So, like, maybe the, the drums or the water, we can discuss this, or the, the bass the grain or something and the guitar players the hops because it goes to 11 I'm figuring <laughs> and then and, and then you know I always say the lead singer is the yeast because you never know whether he's going to show up <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you and your well, yeast are having creative like... differences right now <laughs> yeah exactly right. right yeah this beer is he's called down the back right, right. Yeah. this yeah. beer is called Guns N' Roses right <laughs> and for some reason it gets to be the star I'm not real sure why <laughs> exactly what's up with that you know yeah. I didn't think in part all the flavors you know yeah where would you say you get the most uh, groupies in Beer or music? Be honest. No. Um, actually, definitely music. Yeah, well, I, well, not where, not where dudes. Are the, where I are mean, the best looking groupies right, in yeah. beer or in music? Good looking dudes, mm. definitely beer. Yeah, yeah, I would say probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Kyle, I appreciate the time, man. Let me let me plug oh, Kyle's yeah, album please do. because they're please so do, good. Scotty. The 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 most recent one, his solo albums, uh, uh, "Speed of Life," mm-hmm. excellent. Yeah. Go download it and uh, do yourself a favor. Yeah. Kyle Hollingsworth Band uh, yeah. is, is that, that solo? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and then the, the String Cheese Incident's latest album too, "Song in My Head," fantastic. Yeah, it's really right great music. Yeah, everyone will like it. it it's um, you know, whatever genre you like, you'll like this stuff. I mean, there's, it just incorporates <laughs> so much of uh, you know, like we were saying, we have yeah. blues and jazz and jam band and. I'm telling you, you can't you can't go wrong. I like esoteric crust core, oh. grind core, mm-hmm. like just metal screen. There's elements yeah. of that yeah. too. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Uh, I love it, Kyle. Keep up yeah. the good work. The music's fantastic. I appreciate Thanks it, Kyle. Much, and the beers, uh, the beers are sounding delicious too, man. Yes, uh, and the yeah. beers, obviously. You know, that's uh, I, uh-huh. yeah. I, I like that. I'm, I'm I'm glad to see that you're not only have one passion you're following, but you have another one that you're following, which is uh, that's what I kept happens thinking. to be ours, which is beer. I kept thinking as yeah. we're as we're uh, you know coming up to the show, you know, p- people listening to this, like how how many of our listeners, you know, sh- shittily play the bass. And, you know, homebrew, yeah. and their homebrew's all right. I'd say and, one, but I don't listen to the show, so. <laughs> I'm not talking about Yeah, yeah okay. you know, you're great on the big. <laughs> yeah. But, no, but I mean, and then they're, they're like, uh, man, then there's guys like Kyle out there who are like, you know, they're brewing with stone one weekend, they're selling out Red Rocks the next, <laughs> and they're like, uh, man, what went wrong in my life? Well, that's what happens when you're a success. Huh? That's what, you're right. When you're <laughs> yeah. a success, when you, do you get something to do good. lots of things well. That's true, instead of filing TPS reports. Yeah. I don't know, man. Fuck up, Beardy. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's cool. Uh, I had a good time, Kyle. I, I appreciate you taking the time and hanging out with us, man. Right and, on. Uh, thank you, you know, guys so yeah. much. Thanks, buddy. And Mitch, thank you. 
Yeah, you're welcome. It's been good, good fun. Yeah, always. When are you coming up here next, man? We miss you. We we haven't hugged you. Oh anymore. gosh, yeah, I need to. Probably not till late summer. I will okay. see you at uh, BNA ten, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. Oh uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That Wednesday night before the NHC, right? You'll be there, right? Yeah, it's on my calendar. I'm, I'll definitely be there. Great. Oh yeah, Kyle. If you happen to have a night off Wednesday, June 10th, it's our 10th anniversary party down in San Diego. Man, you're uh, oh, you, you, you got to get there if you're not going to be uh, selling out some stage somewhere. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me on. Awesome. Yeah, our pleasure. Of course, man. Thank you. Take care. All right, guys. Bye. You notice how he was like, uh, yeah, that's really great. Anyway, uh, thanks yeah. for having me on. Congratulations, guys. Uh, see you later. <laughs> well, because he didn't say the congratulations part. Yeah. He just said the see you later part. On the other side, you know, he's he's a trained professional at, at interviews. He sure so is. He knows when it winds down, but sometimes you kind of just go, I don't know. Are you just saying goodbye? Am I going to stay on afterwards? Right. And we're going to talk or whatever. But, uh, you know, I don't know. That, that was cool, man. That was fun. Seems like a, seems like a mellow dude. Yeah. Very nice guy. Yeah. All right, we're going to take another break. And then when we come back, we have a very special guest, uh, Sue Langstaff. She teaches the master brewing uh, students at UC Davis. And we're going to go through a sensory training panel. I'm really excited about that. Uh, only if Justin was here. He, he needs the training more <laughs> than I do. we did so well at oh, man, picking out styles last week. <laughs> yeah. It's time to start picking out faults. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Everyone, uh, stay with us. We'll see you after the break. Things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP and the internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that Hop Tech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. Hop Tech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit Visit the store in Dublin, California, and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. If you don't know Yeast Man, you're missing out. White Labs Yeast Manager, Yeast Man, is available free to any brewer. Yeast Man is your direct link to White Labs Yeast Production Facility. Yes, you can check yeast availability, and yes, you can place an order, but Yeast Man is much more. View yeast quality control and analytical reports. See your big QC day entries and reports. Get access to the entire White Labs catalog, specials on overruns of freshly made yeast, and customized options for your account. Yeast Man is the only real-time online ordering in the business connected directly to factory production. Yeast Man is always on and always live. It's the largest online marketplace for specialty brewers yeast and related products. Visit yeastman.com today and tap directly into White Lab's production facility. Gonna brew? Yeast Man to the rescue. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. 
I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerone are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. Adventures in Homebrewing have the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipes. Some of the things Homebrewing.org creates and manufactures in-house are the Brutus brew stands and propane burners, the serial killer adjustable two-roller grain mill with seven-pound hopper, custom stainless steel false bottoms designed to fit kegels, coolers, and mini-sized brew pots. The brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing have designed a huge selection of original recipes for extract and all-grain brewing. Adventures in Homebrewing original recipes are tried and tested, proven to be of the best quality. And right now, Adventures in Homebrewing is shipping 24 of their best recipes for free. Visit homebrewing.org for the most current selection. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And now, it's even easier with free shipping on these kits. Brewing Network listeners receive 10% off their homebrewing.org orders when they use coupon code IPA at checkout. See terms and conditions for full details.
segmented, demented, fermented, fermented. It's the session. All right, everyone, welcome back. We're all just kind of hanging out, listening to uh, some Kyle Hollingsworth, uh, some of his solo stuff. It's pretty good. Yeah. Not too bad, man. Pretty good. Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good. darn good. Uh, before we move on, though, I do want to tell you, uh, I have a question for you, Beverly. Okay. Are you getting enough? Yes. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> too okay. much. All right. <laughs> Tasty, I have a question for you. <laughs> Are you getting enough? No. I bet you love more, right? Oh, yeah. Well, AdamandEve.com wants to give you that more, Tasty. So however much more you want, it's waiting for you at AdamandEve.com. You have 10 free gifts. You'll get a sexy surprise for her, a specially selected toy for him, and the third, a little something that uh, AdamandEve.com know that you'll both enjoy. Plus, you get uh, six full-length adult movies on DVD. I feel really uncomfortable doing this live read because in front of Sue. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't know Sue. Sue at all, and she's like, what's happening? I, I can imagine. Like, this is my segment? Uh, it's, totally, right. it's totally normal, Sue. Don't worry. Uh, just because you're right. Well, the door's not locked. It's fine. I don't know if it's normal. It's common. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. You get uh, 10 free gifts. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, whatever you want. Just enter. Uh, the, the, the key thing is to use the code BNARMY. That's B-N-A-R-M-Y at checkout. You'll get all 10 free gifts. You get a bunch of free stuff. And, uh, you know, let's face it, Christmas is coming up shortly. And, uh, you know, you can save some of these gifts for Christmas. Is Christmas short? No, it's not. It's no. like 11 Same. years away. Uh, <sighs> anyway. Stocking stuffers? That's where you put your Adam yeah. and Eve trinkets? Father's Day. There yeah. you go. Father's Day. Perfect. Uh, anyway, adamandeve.com, everyone. Check them out. Okay. So we have something pretty cool going this on here. This should be interesting. Yeah, we have uh, Sue Lagstaff. Uh, she teaches the master brewing class at UC Davis. Is that right, Sue? That is correct. Welcome Actually, to the show. The, the extension program. We teach the master brewers program. Uh, through the extension. Okay. Okay. How long have you been doing that? Oh, gosh. Probably about 12 years now. Okay. And what what, what got you started in, uh, in uh, teaching today's uh, the brewers of tomorrow, if you will, I guess? Well, okay. Great question. My major <laughs> professor, Michael Lewis, uh, uh-huh. is teaching there. And uh, I, I worked with him back in, I got my master's degree in food science and specialized in... Uh, Sensory science, and my thesis work was on the sensory and instrumental evaluation of the mouthfeel of beer. Oh, wow. And that was back in 1990, and you guys have been talking about the Great American Beer Festival. Well, I was a judge back in 1990 and 91. Awesome. Awesome. Got my little cup here to confirm that. Oh, so, wow. And yeah. you haven't broken it yet. <laughs> no. That's no, amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> we got a glass from the 90 JBS. No, no. I got signed coasters, too. Oh. The judges there. Cool. She brought so. her credentials. Yeah. 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 I, I didn't bring them, but it's... Wow. it's you're bona fide. I consistently yep. break my JBS cup. Of course. Like, yeah. every year. Everybody like, crap. Right. Yeah. Lost well, you have everyone. to before the next year. Got to replace them. That's incredible. How was that experience, seeing, you know, judging beer? back then and then you know judging it now well that's another great question because what we thought were defective beers back then are now good beers oh really how how, (laughs) what do you mean yeah well uh i'm thinking mainly of beers like uh vinnie salurzo's making with the britannomyces beer Uh. if we had anything like that at the gabf we would just smell it and push it aside (laughs) really (laughs) there was no category at all for brett anything no wow 
Our standards yeah. have lowered. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of want to just let Vinny know that. Like, look, Vinny. Yeah. yeah. You would not have been allowed. This is no 1990 beer, let me tell you. Yeah. No, Vinny has been really great to the program. He has donated some beers for us. For And people, uh, you know, they either love those beers or they're just, yeah. wow, this is unusual. We get a lot of people from the big breweries, um, S.A.B. Miller from all over the world, people coming from uh, Chile and um, uh, Colombia, and then we've got people from InBev, and when they taste those beers, they just, their hair blows off. (laughs) I feel like they need to shower afterwards. They've been contaminated. I hear that the craft beer scene in in South America is huge right now. It's really exploding. Yeah, these people uh, from Colombia, they're they're getting into it, but again, they're at SAB Miller, and they're um, just getting their eyes opened up here. Ah, uh, okay. So they're they're Miller folks coming yeah. up to coming to Davis to take your to take your courses. Well, actually, their um, company sends them. They spend six months up in um, Davis. Mm-hmm. They live in a hotel or a, or a house that they rent, but they don't go back until they're finished. And then they have the credentials, and they can go out to other um, breweries around the country or other locations within the company. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really great. We've had a lot of people from around the world, and the program's really been growing. There was sort of a dip there back around 9-11 where we didn't get the people that were coming from overseas, mm-hmm. but it's grown. And we thought, oh, this is sort of not going to happen anymore, but it's just growing. There's registrations out for the next um, – we're packed for the next three years. Wow. Wow, and specifically for your for your course or for the just that entire master's well, program? Yeah, the in the entire master brewers program, the students um, sit for the exam through the master brewing um, IBD mm-hmm. Institute of Brewing and Distilling in uh, England, and they take the test. So uh, there are several portions of the test, and they come out with the master brewing diploma. Um, but I teach specifically uh, sensory evaluation of beer how to taste beer in an analytical fashion and how to um, recognize defective, well, the various defects. But the one perk that I have for that, I mean, they don't pay very much. But <laughs> Sounds one, like you work in radio. Yeah, the one perk I, I have is to I get to try all the beer that I want to. So. <laughs> <laughs> have you noticed a uh, difference in the demographics of the students from, say, 15 years ago? Uh, yeah, that's another good question. Um, people are coming from all over the world, and I am not kidding. There was a woman from Japan. She could hardly speak any English, but she was there. We've got people, um, well, all, every, just about every state in the United States, and um, a lot of uh, African countries, too. Uh, Heineken had been sending some people, mm-hmm. and they were going to be stationed in Africa, so... It's it's all it's just incredible. What do you see the ratio of men to women? Because I met a, a, oh, yeah. a woman from Brazil at CBC who's going to the yeah. Davis program yeah, right now. I know her. Uh, she is an excellent taster, by the way. Yeah. But um, the the number of women are increasing in the program. It used to be zero, mm-hmm. and now I think we have the highest that we've ever had, which was like seven. Out wow. of about 40, 40, we take a maximum of 40 students. Okay. Wow. That's, why, why that's, do you think that's that a is. huge increase. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think the, the sudden increase? Um, well, Assuming it was sudden, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, women are figuring it out. I mean, it, it's, it, it's really funny how it happens. You know, women were the original brewers, Brewsters. <laughs> right. And now they're coming back to their roots and saying, 
yeah, this is really fun. <laughs> and uh, so they usually get in because their boyfriend or their husband brews, and then they start drinking more beer and seeing the incredibly wide variety of things that are out there and how creative you can be when you're making this. Because, yeah. I mean, right now in the state of craft brewing, in the States anyway, there's no limit. The sky yeah. is just, you know, it's wide, wide open. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in some places, no, you must brew within certain, you know, criteria. But now, you know, you can do whatever you want to. Yeah, so. we live in interesting beer times for yeah. sure. It's really, it's very really, dynamic. It's really crazy. Yeah. And fun. <laughs> it, is, yeah. it is really fun. Well, like Kyle was saying in the last segments, I mean, they a double IPA with yeah. coriander and elderberry. I would oh. never. Th- I would. I'd be sitting there and be like, "That's not going to work." Well, I was but talking with. Did. Yeah. Well, I was talking with Jeffers Richardson the other day from Firestone Walker. He mm-hmm. was um, on our olive oil tasting panel, and he was recruited back to Firestone Walker to run their wild beer program. He said the biggest thing down in San Diego, and he, he was down there, was peanut butter beers. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. There was a wave of those for like a hot me? minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For a hot. Well, and Jeffers. Now he was the guy who developed DBA, right? The That's double correct. barrel. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool. He went, he got, he was at Sierra Nevada and then at Firestone and then got into olive oil and he was on our tasting panel at UC Davis. And so I move in several different circles. (laughs) (laughs) You have to, I think, you know. Well, I'm a sensory scientist, so I can do baby diapers or I can do wine, beer, olive oil, anything that you use your senses to analyze uh, what you're smelling and tasting in an analytical way. Is that because, I mean, it's essentially it's just a chemistry, right? So it's just the, the compounds are the same throughout, you know, whatever kind of medium is, is uh, delivering them to you. And you can pick it out in olive oil. You can pick it out in beer. It's, it doesn't yeah. really matter. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So okay. you just have to have the language and the vocabulary in order to describe what you're smelling and tasting. And so, I mean, a lot of people just, you know, when you give them a beer, uh, how, what do you think? Well, it's good. Right. Oh, oh like that's it. like, yeah. the, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah. we, we've done whole shows on, on how to, uh, on developing your vocabulary because yeah. uh, I, I'll, I'll talk to my girlfriend slash fiance, apparently. <laughs> oh. Um, oh, I'm just your girlfriend oh, wow, you're now. That serious. Yeah. You're that yes. serious. Well, her, we, she doesn't know, though, but we need to have a talk. Oh. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, she listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> she does actually. It's really weird. Yeah, there's no right. There's no good result. That's no, how much she cares. That's true. Uh, but but you know, we'll be tasting a beer, and I'll go. What do you What do you taste? And she'll go. Well, I don't. I, I don't want to say the wrong thing. And I try to tell her it's not. It's not wrong. It's it's what you taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just need to work on the vocabulary together. And so we, we try to do that here on the, on the show. Sometimes uh, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but we have Nicole Ernie on every once in a while, the master Cicerone through the mm-hmm. Cicerone program, and. She She's great. She's a great taster and, and, mm-hmm. and maybe a better uh, vocabularyist, if I can make up a word. Well, you know, that's another interesting point, too. A lot of people think, well, women are better tasters than men. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, I always say, yes, they are. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> that's not necessarily the case. I mean, a lot of it has to do with your experience and mm-hmm. your um, training, too. Mm-hmm. So this new company that I've started working with. I have my own consulting company where I work in the wine and, like I said, olive oil and beer industry. But this company called Flavor Active Mm -hmm. has done a lot of work with uh, training panels in the beer industry. And so their data 
after studying 40,000 different people, there is no statistically significant difference between men and women. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. If Nicole was here, she'd fly off the handle no. right now. Wait, we're all equal? <laughs> well, huh. It already happened. Yeah. Let me go back to something JP said Just a second equal? ago, though. <laughs> now, he said he wouldn't tell uh, his, his girlfriend that, it, that she was, well, you can't be wrong, you're tasting what you're tasting, but... Looking at this kit that you've brought us that we're about to experience, maybe I'm thinking that's not true. Like you, you can be wrong. Like there is a certain off flavor, and if you think you're tasting something else, that's not true. That's not what's here. Is that fair to say? That is fair to say that. Yeah, I mean, you know, if if she describes something as uh, what I meant to to say, you know, if she describes something as, uh, you know, I don't know, like. Um, uh, cinnamon toast crunch or, you know, toast or whatever. Uh, but the, you know, the, the proper word is bready, like that kind of stuff. Oh, I yeah. See. Yeah. We not are. like, yeah. Oh, this, uh, you know, this tastes like a green apple, but no, that's diacetyl. Right, it's, right. it's not, okay. it's not the same. I gotcha. Uh, but yeah, but that, that, that is a good point. You know, obviously within the definitions, there's, there's, <laughs> there's a right and a wrong, uh, but we haven't got there yet. <laughs> We're still working on this. <laughs> this tastes like blue. <laughs> it's a red Jolly Rancher. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I thought it was a beer. This no. reminds me of grandma's house. <laughs> yeah, you're eating the couch, yeah. and it's not it's not appropriate. Um, okay, so uh, so the the flavor active uh, packets, I I dig these, man. They're, they're little capsules. Uh, Bev, is this camera on? No, thank you. Check that out. That's pretty cool. Yeah, can you uh, describe the kit too? They're pretty. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The um, chemicals are in a blister pack. They're in capsules that are made uh, in a pharmaceutical plant in Wales. And this uh-huh. company, Flavor Active, is based in the U.K., and so they've contracted with this um, pharmaceutical plant to produce these kits in a um, GMP facility, mm-hmm. um, good manufacturing practices, so no contamination or anything. So these chemicals are safe to uh, put in the beer and taste it and smell it. So Okay, because there are some on the market, yes. or there were, that you can only smell. Correct. But mm-hmm. these you can actually ingest. Yep. Okay, yep. awesome. Yep. That's these, great. And so um, the beginner kit has five uh, different chemicals. Um, they're encapsulated in a um, matrix where you uh, pull the capsule apart and dump the contents into one liter of beer. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you it will disperse the uh, amount, the concentration that is usually at threshold level is determined by the American Society of Brewing Chemists. Okay. So if you want to make the concentration stronger, you would just use half the amount of beer and then uh, empty the whole contents of the capsule in and train on that. So h- how would you do that? So let's say I wanted to train on, uh, you know, papery. Yeah. Let's say, what, what, what would we do in, in, in class? Well, let's see. I usually prepare the standards ahead of time and mm-hmm. have them uh, for the students already um, made up, and then they – Pour them out at their, uh, into wine glasses. A uh, wine glass is a great shape of glass for learning because it concentrates the headspace in the top of the glass, and then uh, you cover the glass so that you don't let those headspace gas evaporate or go out into the atmosphere because really what you're smelling is the headspace gas above the liquid. You don't smell the liquid. Right, yeah. The, the, so, yeah. so we um, train on that, and uh, then... They we start out with a high concentration and then over the next few weeks we back it down, so okay. it's uh, not perceptible. But um, that's what uh, that's how they're training at the at breweries also. So you so, kind of you kind of blast them with it yeah, to really yeah. solidify what yes. this flavor is, and then you yeah. you reduce it to see. That, that's been my you experience. Pick it up. Those that yeah. I don't get, yeah, if I get like a big dose of it. 
then I'll then I'll I've, I almost immediately learn to get the smaller doses. It's yeah. kind of mm-hmm. interesting once you make the connection. What do you mean? And it is a connection. No, you've got to get that smell in your your memory bank. Oh, I see what you're saying. If I'm talking about uh, diacetyl or, and you've never smelled that, and if I say, oh, it smells like, you know, popcorn, uh, movie theater butter on the popcorn, you have an anchor there because you know you've smelled that. So you have to just learn to put the name with that particular aroma. Right. Okay, so you're essentially replacing whatever real world... Uh, you know, references you have for, uh, you know, iso- uh, isoamyl acetate, which is the uh, best uh, banana ester. Yeah. Then you can you're relating that smell to the actual chemical. Yeah. Rather than. Ra- yeah, yeah. Rather than important. rather than the a word picture. is important because we yeah. all have different experiences. Right. Right. So he was talking about, you know, it smells like my grandmother's closet. That can be a good thing for some people and a bad thing right. for other people. I was too. locked in my grandmother's closet <laughs> and, and, yeah. and way not, too many times. And not everyone's grandma's closet smelt the That's same. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, right. mothballs and uh, formaldehyde. <laughs> right. <laughs> or cedar and nice things. Oh, That's yeah. right. You had a better grandma than I did. Or that Kathy could ever find that died. Okay, this is awesome. So we're going we're gonna to taste two, uh, two examples of this, right, Scotty? Yeah, we got one now in front of us. Okay. And uh, so how are we doing this one? We, I don't know. This, I, I, I think we're just going to smell it and see if we can figure it out. Well, so is this is this where we should cap the top oh. here and kind of yeah. spin it okay. around? If you can. If you uh, can. We kind of already, already should have been capped. Smell like paper. Well, you know what? Another oh, thing, too, true, is yeah. that if you've got uh, the, the best way to do this is take your uh, beer that hasn't been treated. We, we, we don't oh, have any. Beer. Yeah, okay. a reference beer, yeah. right? And then you would smell that and get your anchor for your control. For that beer. Okay. And then you would smell... And then compare this particular beer with the one that you've just. Uh, oh, I can, I can go get a well, non. No, that's okay. I think we're, we'll all, we're all experts here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, she hasn't met all of us. <laughs> right. I, while you guys are smelling that, uh, Kyle just texted me and said, uh, Game of Thrones, watching it now, nothing to report. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that's just in 40 minutes. So everyone's kind of smelling. He, he obviously hasn't gotten to the end yet. I guess not. Right. right. Uh, I'm more interested in what Bev has to say about these things. Yeah, yeah. Be- you're participating in this one. Bev is more of our neophyte tester. Here. <laughs> yeah, she she also doesn't know what this is. It tastes yeah, good. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. What? What does it smell like? Well, yeah, yeah. Bev? Just describe the smell. Don't say it smells like beer. I'll is this the whole capsule? No, it doesn't smell right. Well, well I hope not. It's not supposed to. <laughs> well... There is something wrong with this. Well, Tasty doesn't know what it is. It is wrong. Um, There there are breweries that make beer that have this very flavor. Yes, Yes, they sure do. they sell pint after pint at bar after bar. It's not totally undesirable. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. So what you you would do with this, you know, let's say as as a home brewer, you know, maybe you you sit at home or more importantly at a, a club meeting. I think you pick yeah. up you pick up some of these packets and you sit around and you, you oh, yeah. figure out you, you you key into these flavors to help you brew bitter beer. Obviously. What you do is you it's take just... the packet over to the brewery that I'm talking about and you slap it on the table. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Mitch. I'm would... not leaving until you guys understand what this is. I don't think right. Mitch would appreciate that very much. I think it's rude, and I'm going to tell him. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's a great calibration tool, especially for like a homebrew club or something like that. That way, everybody gets the same. They experience the same exact beer and same exact flavor. Versus just saying, yeah, movie theater popcorn. Like, yeah, and you get a zeroing factor so that way right. everybody gets a common language versus just hearing people say it, the words. 
And if you do it at lower PPM, you'll find you, you'll find out which ones you're not sensitive to. So oh yeah, to know is important. Right? Yeah. Well, and this yeah. one changes flavors in concentration too. Mm. Mm-hmm. And also the base beer too. Sure. It depends right. on what you're putting it in and how much of the back the chemical is already in, in the beer, beer right, right. to yeah. begin with. Yeah, which is why you you would you would smell it first, or maybe yeah. use something that like uh, some micro macro lager or something like that. That's a exactly right. what we right. use. Like we use Heineken for yeah. skunk. Yeah. <laughs> probably probably oh, no, Budweiser it, because it's, uh, it's Budweiser. Davis. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. You guys are uh, financed. You're, uh, <laughs> you got the Bud thing going on. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. It's a very clean, neutral beer. Yeah, and it's no off it works well. Very well made. Well, that. yeah, honestly, I think Tasty, you're right. Like this doesn't. I, if, if you would have just handed this to me normally, I don't know that I would. I would have said uh, anything's wrong with it, or uh, just you, you kind of. Uh, at least I do. Is just uh, yeah, associate these these flavors with. Well, that's just beer. There's some beers like this. Yeah. yeah. To me, this jumped to the extreme. Of what it, of what it's dosed with, yeah. Well, and you know another thing is that this particular uh, character can be described several different ways. So when in the, when it's in this high concentration, to me, I describe it more as the butterscotch aroma yep. rather than just yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, butter, this is sweet candy like to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is this is diacetyl. 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 Diacetyl? How do you say it? Dicetyl. Yeah, you you tell us. (laughs) Pterodactyl is what it is. (laughs) Let's hear this. Because I get... uh, Well, I say diacetyl. 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 I think that's the one thing we didn't say. Yeah. Right. Diacetyl. We could have combined the two. D-I-A-C-T-Y-L. I'll just spell it. Diacetyl. I think we should spell it like I'm talking in front of my cats or something like that. I would say dog. And, I don't have any dogs because your cats understand you when you spell. <laughs> they do. Yeah. So this is uh, this is buttery. Correct. Okay. Well, I've had much more buttery beers than this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what well, I understand. Like a, as a commercial brewer, even as a home brewer, I mean, that's what we want to do is we want to teach you that this is not it's not an okay you know flavor. And I think it's important as a as a you know burgeoning home brewer, as a budding home brewer, to pick that out immediately. I think I think these these uh, flavor kits or these sensory kits uh, should come standard in every uh, uh, beginner homebrew kit. Seriously, yeah. seriously, and every uh, Brewers <laughs> Association membership. Seriously, <laughs> and, and annually, so that way no one forgets. Yeah, I, here's my thing: I think every BA member should, as a matter of like con- uh, continuing education or something, put on a sensory. Uh, Course uh-huh. to their Sue should fly out to the brewery. No, no, they no. should do it themselves. No, <laughs> Sue should do it. She well, needs to try. Yeah, yeah it's a perk. Maybe, it's a maybe perk they'll be in denial. Like, yeah, right. okay. or it could be a qualification oh, yeah. for next I mean, year's membership. You have to pass <laughs> this. Tastes like our pale ale. I like this. Yeah, yeah. serious. Yeah. What are we camera now? Come on. <laughs> yeah. uh, no. So we can taste this. Yeah, sure. I'm Go really ahead. nervous Take about it. it. I don't know. It tastes like it tastes like half the beers I've bought for brewing with style. Frankly, oh, you've already tasted it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, Bevo, you're a big fan, huh? Oh, I can taste it much more than I can smell it. Yeah. There you go. Something I feel like no. this was yeah. sold in a green bottle. Ah. So you get like mm. skunky yeah. out of it. Really? Huh. You huh. do. Uh, I wonder if it's the hops. Like, mm. the, like a, I don't know, like a vegetal tannin or something? I, I do have a clean version the of clean the beer version? here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I don't have a... I don't have a drink. Oh, you do. We need more glasses. Well, you know, this particular huh. chemical, some people are blind to this, and they can't yeah. smell it at all. I, yeah. I was doing a... a um, I know where they drink. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing a project with uh, determining the threshold concentration for this, and they sent around the most concentrated chemical <laughs> and then added to the beer. There was one guy in my group who could not smell the most <laughs> really? concentrated wow. chemical. Uh, what do you do with him? 
I mean, right. he 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 wanted to be a brewer, yeah, so can't. he can he can still brew, but uh, but when taste. you're evaluating diacetyl, he just has to not be on the panel for yes. that particular yeah. chemical. Send him to England. And and just, first of all, get a panel. Don't right. Well, and the problem with this glass is it was now it just smells like wet cardboard. (laughs) Because when we wash the glasses and put them back in the case, yeah, that's a huge difference. Oh, oh, but yeah, yeah. So I just poured, yeah, I just poured a clean version of beer. Yeah, Yeah. I just smell cheesy because of the the cardboard. But yeah, Yeah. oh yeah. So for me, describe the difference. Yeah, for me, it jumped straight to butterscotch. I'm kind of through self discovery. Learning about myself, you know. Um, I'm really sensitive to diacetyl. You're reading, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Are you there, diacetyl? It's me, Warren. Um, I can't see you. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, That just difference. jumped right wow. to butterscotch for me. Like, there wasn't even any, like, buttery popcorn, like, movie theater yeah. popcorn. It just was See, you, you know what I'll get from this is, is sometimes uh, people will describe some of these new hops as uh, having a durian quality. You know, during the during fruit. that fruit, I yeah, think everyone knows of it. How many people have actually had it? Have you? Yeah, really. No. I hate it. It's disgusting. Has anyone else in this room had it? No, no. We should get one. It's gross. No. It's really, good. but but it's butterscotch and onion and rose petal. So kind of some of these flavor descriptors for you know hops, some hops anyway. But that's what I I smell like durian. I don't smell butterscotch. And, well, see, and, and, and to me, well, oh. that's I was just going to say. That's a great point because since durian is not in my memory bank, I can't use that. Right. Sure. Uh, like, right. I'm going to refer to other things that are yeah. in my memory right. bank. Yeah. And to me, diastole, like in, in the first beer, to me, it added a cloying flavor. Mm-hmm. Like it was so sweet to me that yeah. yes, to me, like people are like, oh, this beer is cloying. And it's like, yeah, it's because it's full diastole. It's not because they mash too high or right. because the yeast dropped out too early. It's like you have a fermentation issue. Yes, and so so while I can't smell it necessarily, but when when I taste it, it's uh, kind of slick, and yep. it does have a, a it, it kind of crushes the brightness of the of the bittering hops, uh, but I think it still leaves some of that tannin structure behind from the, from the vegetable matter. Uh, so I, you kind of get it, but not really, and it's uh, it's very weird. It's unlike yeah. anything I've ever really done before. It does have a, a mouthfeel aspect to it. It just is sort of oily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely ruins the finish of a beer. Yeah. Yeah. It can be nice and crisp if you don't have it full of diacetyl. People, and, and uh, you know, to that point, Sue, I'm glad you brought that up because I've, I've had a lot of people go, oh, yeah, it has, it has diacetyl, di- diacetyl diacetyl in it. Can't you taste it? It's very slick. And I'm, I've always lied and said, oh, yeah, sure, because I don't want to look like a, some of the mook that doesn't know. But uh, but using this, you know, now I can run the, the, the base beer uh, or the control and the standard or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I can I can feel that difference now. Mm-hmm. Now I don't have to lie anymore. <laughs> I want I want to get another blind taster on here too because uh, yeah Marty's here my Marty. dad's here yeah yeah and he's you're you're getting pretty deep into home brewing so it's time because he's getting older now. doesn't mean he's blind that's <laughs> rude right. yeah I'm he's actually, deep I'm, but he's I'm not act- six feet under yet I'm actually brewing how JP does yeah. I have the Pico brew the Zymatic <laughs> yes. that's yeah. my version that's of my brother brewing. right there yeah hey that's about the only way I'll get into all I love brewing. it so well, what do you think about this Marty yeah well first smell and try because you don't know what's in here does he have I don't know the additive so yeah yeah I have a clean version that's the dirty version you're, you're smelling there, and then I got a clean version for you to try next. But you don't know what this is, so see if you can describe what you're smelling and tasting. Yeah, that slickness was crazy. Oh, yeah, and that, this is a really interesting one to do different dosage rates side yes. by side, because it really changes. Would you say, Sue, that this is like the most common off flavor that you would find in beers? Well, that's a good question. It depends on what type of beer you're brewing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, diacetyl is, okay. is an that's issue. Better. Um, but you can also have um, DMS, the dimethyl sulfide canned corn mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. That's um, common with home brewers. And then you have the um, uh, 
dirty type flavors that would be coming from microbiological contamination or not clean equipment. Okay. Okay. So what Marty? do you get there, Marty? I, I, Which would also I, include I diacetyl. I sense that buttery yes. diacetyl yeah. taste. Yeah. That yeah. It was pretty apparent. Now try try the clean version next to it. You can. I mean, it becomes much more pronounced. Try the, and then go back to the. I, I, I did do that, and it is very pronounced. It is right. Yes. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Way to way to ruin a good beer. But. <laughs> uh, Scott, you want to do the other one? Uh, yeah, let me go fill some more some more uh, okay. beer here. We're gonna do we're gonna do uh, uh, another one here. And so there are different levels of kits that you can get because the the base kit just comes with five. Yeah, Correct. so you have the the beginner sensory kit with uh, diacetyl diacetyl, uh, isoamyl acetate, metallic. Papery and but- how do you say butyric? Butyric. Thank yeah. you. I want to say butyric, wow. but that's what percent of the let's say in a commercial beer off flavors would that encompass those five? That's a that's a good question, and that I think question. that um, <clears throat> I think that uh, diacetyl isoamyl acetate, and I don't I haven't really per- uh, experienced metallic um, and papery for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. but butyric. Um, I don't really uh, experience butyric much. I don't taste a lot of, you know, homebrew. So you're I, lucky. <laughs> you're blessed. And what we had been doing is got to keep her senses instead working. Instead of the butyric acid, would be isovaleric acid, which would be old hops and sort of cheesy, cheesy. component. Mm-hmm. And so that would be more apparent in a commercial beer. Yeah. Okay, I've I've had the metallic, I think, mm-hmm. but that's the thing about you know, if I had the kit and I was trained on it. Um, I could pick it out. I, I think Old Hops is a good one for homebrewers, also, just because home homebrew shops don't get the the best option at buying fresh hops, and so for homebrewers, they don't get the option to buy the freshest hops as well. Yeah, sometimes so, it can be an issue. That, yeah, right. And so, but but for the guys who are getting past having to deal with diastole, having to deal with DMS, when they get to where their beer's good, but they have a bad batch, and like, what went wrong? I buy the same ingredients from these guys all the time. That way they can know, be like, this is a, an old hop flavor. It could flavor. be a number of things. I, I have yeah. a, actually have a question on old hops and that cheesy flavor. I did, I did a homebrew about a month ago, and I opened up the hop package, and it was fresh hops. And it was immediately apparent that these were no good. I mean, I had mm. that cheesy smell. So why would anybody use it? Because I, I, I didn't. I said, I'm not brewing with this. What kind of hops were they? Oh, gosh, I knew you'd ask me that. I think they were centennial. <laughs> were they brown or, mm-hmm. or, or really light, yeah. light green in color? Really light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they obviously I, been oxidized. And, and, but it, it was a sealed, you know, it was a... Uh, sure. Yeah. But at some point, they could seal it at the you, end. And, you, and, uh, okay. You could have made a Lambic beer, because traditionally, those yeah. hops are, or those nah. beers are brewed with old hops <laughs> like that. Out of my wheelhouse. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason is, is that most people don't know if something is defective or not, right. too. So they have to be educated, and that's what these kits are for. And so once you recognize that spe- smell... Then you know, oh, okay, that is considered a defect, so I'm not going to use that. And then it, it gives everybody in the whole process information about what went wrong or what particular, uh, if it's a brewing process or an ingredient issue, too. Mm-hmm. So you can actually have information rather than something's wrong here. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. How can you take action if you don't know what it right. is? Well, yeah. yeah, and then and then you go and you go on a forum and you put po- like our we have a forum on our website and you know you, you post the there and, yeah, but it's like well you know you don't there's no guarantee that uh, you know smiling Ted knows what the hell he's talking about either and he's trying to tell you what you know what you did and it's uh, but this way you can know God this would be so valuable for uh, 
for for homebrew clubs, man. So now, before you dump the the second uh, pill in here, do, does everyone have still clean beer in their glass? Because I, I want you to have yes. a clean sample. I keep some of that. Yes. All right, cool. So so can you do the next uh, one? We need here? a dump uh, oh, to get it. rid of the dirty glasses. Oh, yeah, yeah. Use this glass as a dump bucket there. Oh well, really, we have both flavor smells in the same glass. Can we get some? Oh, new? you want new glass? Yeah. yeah. Can we well, get some new glass for room? for another flavor, I think yeah. we should. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Perfect. So, so that was the beginner. Going to smell the diesel. Yeah. So the beginner, we got we got the the, the, the basic five, and then the enthusiast brewery uh, brewer sensory kit kind of goes a little bit deeper. You get light struck. Uh, Everybody should smell the empty glass first to see if there's any uh, light struck. A little cardboardy, little yeah. cardboardy right? Mm-hmm. Mer captain. What is mer captain? Mer um, captain, my captain. <laughs> Mercaptan is the chemical that they put in natural gas so that it will smell. Oh, it really? Is not, it's not uh, natural type. gas by itself has no aroma. So it smells like onions, garlic. Everyone in the world theoretically can smell that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, on the, on the, the, the card, uh, the notes that came in the card, it says uh, Mercaptan is a drain like flavor. Mm hmm. Well, Dream. these people are British, and so ah. they don't really. I don't know if they have. Um, they don't have natural gas <laughs> over natural there. Gas Flavor with a U, yeah, yeah. Uh, that occurs because of yeast during fermentation or maturation. Uh, a drain like so, like a like a funky drain. Anyone who worked in a restaurant knows that smell, like slimy grossness. Yeah, or or if you've pulled okay. a clump of hair out of your guest bathroom drain <laughs> or something, it's it's wretched smell. Ugh. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'll take some of that. So are we doing this one? We're not saying which one this is. Yes, I think we should. We should get our our, our new our newbie tasters here to. Uh, and this is a out. higher concentration too, because we got less beer in the pitcher uh, instead of uh, two full pints. Oh. It's just like one and a half. Yeah, I'm just gonna do this. Uh, okay, yeah. so it'll be more so it's focused. Like, it's like training wheels. Yes, Bev, do you have some of this? Yeah, let me get you some. Do you want some of this? Yeah. No, she doesn't, but she's gonna have some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't answer that on purpose. <laughs> You don't have a choice. Scott's going to make you drink it. I don't have a glass. You get the pitcher. It's fine. I don't want yeah, the see, this is, this is uh, more common, I think, in, in home brewing. I don't know if I've ever had a commercial beer like this, but uh, this is a funky smell. I think you've had a commercial beer like this. Yeah, You, you and I have had it together. <laughs> yeah, multiple times. I like togetherness stories. Yeah, I, right. I mean, you yeah. and me drinking beer. Drinking bad beer. Yeah, sounds right. Like, sounds like a good night. Marty, what do you think? Right. I see your gears turning. I'm just smelling it. I haven't tasted it yet, but I, I, it's not an obnoxious smell that I'm smelling yet. Okay. So I, okay. This really comes through on the flavor too. Mm-hmm. This is more. Some of these are going to be more flavor, uh, flavor than aroma. Yes. Okay. This one is more flavor driven. Okay. Well, actually, flavor is in mouth aroma. So as you oh, put the okay. beer in your mouth, <laughs> yeah. it, the chemicals are going to volatilize up to the olfactory bulb, and so that's what's called retronasal aroma. Okay. Retronasal. So. Is that like hipsters? It's aroma before it was cool. <laughs> right. Marty, what do you think? He's like, I can't do it. He made a face. I made a face. I'm not sure I can describe it, but I can say it's not pleasant. Yeah, it's real, real <laughs> bad. Give me, think about it. Give me a shot. Take a, take a shot at uh, it, describing it. It almost has a metal-like taste to me, metallic taste, but I, mm-hmm. it could be just my taste buds reacting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, do I have to? I, I can't take it. <laughs> yeah, you no, you don't have to. It's ta- but really unpleasant. Drink the whole thing. <laughs> do I have? Yeah. Until you can describe yeah, it. If you can, yeah, exactly. All right, Bev. You, you try. If you chug, you really get the off flavor. You have to stand on your head, though. Evo's making a face, too. Bev, what do you, describe this. Try to describe this. I'm curious to see. 
Sarah had one eye twitch. Great job, Bev. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Right. It's not good. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. it's, it's got flavors. <laughs> exactly. My face was that sound. Um, I agree with Marty. It definitely has a, a like a penny kind of taste, like a metallic sort Ooh. of underlying Copper. funk. Okay. Copper. Yeah, like you licked a coin. A little bit, yeah. Hmm. I also still, maybe it's the beer, but I I taste corn. It might be the beer. Like it might be the yeah. style of beer. Yeah, that might be the. We're beer. using a pilsner. I think it might be a little. Yeah. I think it might be a little too hoppy yeah. for it. But it's well, okay. It's it's a, a not not a very hoppy pilsner. This is a, this is a maybe hoppy for this is a, a great style of beer to taste this off flavor in. Yeah. Okay. Why? Because it's often in it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Does that come from cold fermentation? No. This is a well. I mean, if I tell you where it comes from, oh, you'll know okay. what it is. Right, right. You know. You know what? Do you know what this is? I think it's uh, DMS, right? It's uh, Buteric. No. No, it's not. She switched it up on you. Damn it, Sue. What a jerk. Yeah, I was like, this is not Buteric. That's what I'm like. I'm like, well, I'm glad you said that because I was about to lie. I'm like, wow, I don't really smell. It doesn't taste like, but I'm just going to go with it. I know I'm wrong. So, what? okay, what it? Well, you misled us. What is it? That's all. She did. All right. It is drum roll. Don't ever do that again. Papery. Papery? What? Oxidation, everybody. Yeah. Mm. Okay, and so this just is an example of if you have a preconceived notion, you're going to look for that particular thing. No. No kidding. Metallic is kind of close. It is. It was. It it has a metallic, but But, yeah, papery. Yeah. But then the DMS is coming out also, so. Sure. It's all sort of intertwined, but okay. that's the reason that we want to just really, you know, zap it with that particular aroma and <laughs> flavor. Yeah. And then, I blame uh, bad breweries that have multiple bad flavors. So yeah. I can, yeah. like, associate, <laughs> that's a good point. associate yeah. Yeah. papery with DMS because they got yeah. both issues. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. You're doing your job so bad, wow. it's your fault you're, for me not telling <laughs> which bad flavors you're in here. Yeah, it's, right. it's, it's, I blame my teachers for not teaching me algebra properly. <laughs> this is what it is. I don't know. I don't understand. It's their fault. All beer tastes like this. Your beer like has this. all the flavors. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That's the nicest thing wow. you've ever said to me. Well, with, with some of these other kits, too, they don't have just defects. They'll have positives, too. So hop oil, for example. And grainy is another descriptor. So yeah. um, those are in the, more in the enthusiasts and the professional kits. So, and then you have stuff like uh, ethyl butyrate. Yeah, did I say that right? Yep. See, I could mm-hmm. I could be a doctor. Wow, you're yeah. a scientist. Thank you. Uh, a tropical fruit flavor with a U that is produced by yeast during brewing can also indicate bacterial problems. I don't see that one very often, but. Well, uh, how would you how would you how would you know the difference? That's I guess that's a good question, and I think you actually have to uh, evaluate it from a chemical standpoint. Okay, so that, you have to do a chemical test to confirm what it is you're smelling and tasting. That's probably more for people on the commercial side, yes. not the home brewers yeah, exactly. kind of thing. Yeah, because like you know what hops you're going to use, so if yeah. if they're not tropical, there you go. Oh, a gas chromatographer is not with your entry level home brewing <laughs> kit. That's the in- intermediate comes with a funnel one. and one of those, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have caddy. Yep, which, uh, that's that's a good one. If Jay was here, we would we would make him do that one. Oh yeah, uh, black <laughs> it's, it's black current or tomcat urine. Yeah, that's. That's or, a scale that I don't want to live on, man. It's yeah. either current or urine. Yeah, black currant bud. That's a descriptor that the uh, people uh-huh. in wine use for Sauvignon Blanc. 
Okay. So if a really grassy, herbaceous Sauvignon Blanc, black currant bud, or gooseberry, if you're from New Zealand or Australia, <laughs> down under. So, or when the winery cat pees in the barrel. Yeah, right. that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It has to be a tomcat, though. Oh. Tomcat urine. <laughs> yeah. uh, not a Siamese. Uh, geranial. Yeah, geranial. geranial. It was a classic defect. It smells of geraniums. Mm-hmm. But again, another microbiological issue that has been um, sort of uh, pushed to the wayside with cleanliness, uh, the as brewers clean up their act, that particular defect goes away. <laughs> Along the same the same vein as ropey ropey beer. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. H two S, which is that sulf, uh, yeah, hydrogen, sulfur. Yeah, hydrogen sulfide, rotten egg, smells like a fart. What do you use for some of these? I mean, I can imagine some people farting in one of these. Yeah. <laughs> they, they fart like, in a capsule. Like, and then, uh, yeah, it's it hard to capture, but yeah. it's worth it. Like for sour, for example, how do you capture sour as a flavor and encapsulate it? It's citric acid. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's there you easy. Go. Yeah. 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 An easy one. There are different yeah. types of sour, <laughs> but they describe that one as lemony sour, so yeah. Yeah. kind of citric acid. Mm-hmm. Uh, biting into a fresh lemon imparted by raw materials or bacteria. Mm-hmm. How would uh, what, what kind of raw material, like uh, just a, a grain default? or Like if I was a commercial brewer and I did that, I was like, oh, this tastes like my beer. I'm not sure. Maybe yeah. it's... Uh, <laughs> If you accidentally oh, no. got a bag of uh, acidulated malt after tasting that sample, you would know that your uh, malt's been sprayed with acid. <laughs> that's what it is. Compared to base malt. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh. Or your regular base terrible. malt. Uh, wow, that's so cool, man. Yeah, I wish great. I was smarter and I could be a, a flavor sensory person. Just read those brochures more often. <laughs> <laughs> Send those in plain brown envelopes to some breweries. Well, actually... Uh, you just have to practice, and it doesn't have to be yeah. with beer. And so that's what I was telling oh. the students, too. If you just, you know, leave the windows open in your car and you're driving around, just practice putting labels to what you're smelling. Oh, yeah. It's really go. a great tool. Connect or, the dots. And if you're, you know, in your uh, kitchen, take your spices out of the spice rack, open them up, smell them, just try to put labels to what you're smelling. It really helps quite a bit. Is there any sort of... Um guidelines you would give for for tasting it so let's say we got these for our, our homebrew club uh you know not to eat spicy food beforehand like it's all just kind of mm-hmm. like is is it general tasting you know uh, protocol guideline yeah. yeah yeah we do have protocols that have been specified um when we're tasting olive oil for example but i think that um you know the the best time to taste is right before a meal, usually lunchtime. You're, mm-hmm. We call it preprandial mm. before a meal. You're, Sounds um, fancy. Yeah, yeah. You're, um, <laughs> you're most attentive. After Think about after a meal. You're kind of tired. You're oh, yeah. full. You're not very attentive. So before the meal, you're sharp. Uh, you're ready for some food to come into your stomach. And so you're, um, you're the most sensitive then. And so, um, yeah, don't eat garlic. But usually, um, like, for example, people think smoking, uh, people who smoke aren't very good tasters. That nece- that's not yeah, necessarily that's not the true. case. No, huh. no. I mean, I know one example. Uh, I'm going to go back yeah, to Yeah, from Lynn now. from, uh, uh, was she from Vireman? No. Was she with Vireman? No, that's uh, Siebel. Siebel. Yeah. Chain smoker. Yeah. But She's supposedly she has, like, the best palate ever that's ever been invented. Huh. Um, well, what, why is that? Okay. Well, um, what it is is usually the people who smoke, they'll, they will smell like smoke. Smoke mm-hmm. is on their clothes. It comes out of their pores. And so 
It's not their ability to taste. They have a their mouth has sort of a background of an ashtray. They're calibrated to the yeah. right. so they they're can calibrated to the ashtray, so they so can right. look through it. So almost. they smell their hand. Right. They smell smoke. That's exactly. what they're calibrated. And so, but if you're the smoker, all I'm smelling is you because yeah. it's on your clothes, and you're distracting <laughs> yeah, you me. Yeah, so. you might you might be a good taster, but you're still an asshole. You just have to <laughs> by yourself. Yeah. You <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't affect your your palate or your taste buds or anything like nothing Evidently physically not. that that way anyway. That's how you become the best palate in the room. Be a chain smoker. <laughs> you just screw you throw with everybody. Off. Yeah, that's well, in the room. That's right. But what happens is over time, I mean, taste buds die and they're regenerated. The, mm-hmm. the, the uh, lifespan of a taste bud is only like 30 days. Hmm. So the older you get, the slower your taste buds regenerate. So, um, but that's made up by, with practice and with experience. Hmm. So at some point, that's uh, with p- older people, you have to make food stronger because they say food loses flavor. So if you go into a, like a retirement home, food is really salty and really oh, sweet. Yeah. yeah. Is the same with your olfactory sensors too? Uh, yeah. Much? No, not as much. Um, is that a, a smelling? A sm- yes. Right. Inside yeah. your nose. With, with your smell place. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. You have a factory in your nose. <laughs> Shit. Is it union? Because that's not cool. Well, it's an olfactory. Oh, okay. Sorry. No. Dumb it, joke. Uh, yeah. People do... Um, lose some of their sense of smell over time but it's usually the sense of taste okay that goes uh, yeah. far far quicker okay um so i see you have a flavor wheel also the defect is it the defect flavor yes wheel? well it's called the defects wheel for beer and uh, this is something go. that i created um when i was teaching the students at the master brewing program and so it wor- works very well with the um flavor active capsules so this is actually set up for brewers and uh, avid home winemakers or uh, avid brewers also. Mm-hmm. So m- you wouldn't, you know, have it at the bar. M- most people don't <laughs> want to come yeah. and look at it and say, "What's wrong with this beer?" But so, for example, if your beer smells like around the um, perimeter, it will say, "What is the beer? What are the descriptors? Mm-hmm. Can corn, molasses, or vegetal, for example?" And then that one, it'll say the mo- molecule responsible. Dimethyl sulfide gives you the chemical formula of that. The, where would it um, come from in the brewing process? And the uh, typical concentration found in a beer and the threshold concentration. So I've got about 12 uh, descriptors around there. On, and then on the other side, if you're the brewer, uh, where does it come from and how to get rid of it? Oh, wow. So That's a, more important. Yeah. Well, it's a very well, handy tool. Yeah. It's very important, the whole thing. So if you're studying to uh, be a uh, take a test for the Brewers Association, I'd be a certified beer judge. I mean, everything is in one place for that particular test. And where can you find that wheel? Well, I've got them on my website for sale. What's, um, your, what's your website? My website is www.appliedsensory.com. Nice. And can you get the the kits wow. there as well? Uh, yes, I'm going to put a link on. Like I said, I just started working these, with these people, so I'm going to put a link on my website, uh, and I w- I am selling these also. So um, you could get the kit and the That's defects awesome. wheels. Th- these are great. I mean, really, yeah. for like your next homebrew meeting, oh, this is a sure. perfect thing, oh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If yeah, we were a real homebrew club, we yeah. would do this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tasty, just keep in mind, is it's one liter pour, so if you've got 50 members, Correct. you need multiple kits. Yeah. Right. Tasty, this is a, a quote you can get behind. Just because you don't smell something bad doesn't mean the chemicals are not present in the beer. That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Oh man! Do you get a lot of people uh, bringing their homebrew to you, like uh, like school? Because I imagine the college. <laughs> a lot of the students must be homebrew. Yeah. Right? Yes, yeah. they Mrs. are. That's Langstaff, how they can come. you please just just? I mean, I know, but come on, just taste it. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, they don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Nor do I encourage must, it. They don't want. They don't want to hear uh, the bad news. Yeah. Put the hammer down on them as an example. I assume. Well, so they don't want to do it. Uh, no, I'm teaching them how to do it. All right. So. Oh, yeah. All right. so <laughs> You don't That's settle cool, bets and stuff right. like, you know, this guy said my beer's got this. I say it doesn't. He says cat pee. I say black currant. Which is it? <laughs> Neither. Well, you're both dumb. Yeah, now you right. know your, yeah, your beer's yeah. just awful. It's I'm going to you to settle bets. I'm going to get your number. Yeah, and you have a, a whole list. of 35 keys to preventing beer defects oh, wow. on the list. Practice good sanitation. Uh, mash for under two hours. Yeah, and they're all applied to the... Things within the wheel there, oh, wow. so, so you, there's a number. That, so you go why like, why do you say under two hours? Well, it depends on it depends on the issue that you're having there. Oh, so okay. I work so like, with the brewers to come up with those eight. technical things. Eight. So eight. So I'm 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 spinning around looking for the eight here. Um, <laughs> no like, counterclockwise. Oh wait, I'm sort of what? using it the. I'm using it the wrong way. Oh, see, there we go. So Reverse engineering it. Uh, see, this is how smart I am, Sue. I was already on the one that had eight, and then I spun it all the way around. The w- yeah. So if you have a vinegar sour, um, so a possible cause is a metabolic byproduct of yeast, metabolic byproduct of, of contaminating bacteria, mashing too long, excessive acid rest, storage at warm temps, and then down below she has possible treatment. Uh, there is no, you know, don't do those things. Right. Right. Yeah. But you don't want to say that because that's not, that's not really true. Try harder next time. Yeah. And then possible prevention. And then so she has listed one, which would be practice good sanitation techniques. Eight, which is the mash one. Twenty-one, use a closed fermenter. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you're probably getting some wild yeah. wild nonsense. 27, avoid over-oxygenating after fermentation. Yeah. 31, store beer in a cool location. That's rad. Those are great. Those are good tips, too, for people. Yeah. Like, I taste these things. How do I fix wow. it? So well, you should open a homebrew shop. <laughs> well, the thing is with a lot of these is that once it's in your beer, you can't get rid of it. Yeah. But yeah. still so knowing to, for the yeah. next time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And I have the other. I have the same information on an app also. Oh, what's the app? So the app is called Beer Defects. Okay. So iPhone, iPad, and Android. That was almost going to be the, there, the title yeah, for the well. show. <laughs> no, uh, no Windows Beer phone. Defects. Right. There's a yeah. Windows phone. I don't know yeah. if you knew that, but we learned that last week on this oh, show. Sorry, yeah. I haven't I haven't programmed for that. I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, well, we had, we had, we had some, guys out there very upset. Right. Yeah, we had some listener go. You, your app used to be in the Windows phone. I'm like, what are huh? you even talking about? <laughs> I don't even think that was us. Yeah. This is really cool. That's a great awesome. wheel. That's, yeah, that's yeah. well done. And, it, you know, it's concise, too. It's not overly verbose or anything. It's just this is what's wrong with it. And then yeah. on, on the other side, you have the uh, – I like it. You give the chemical formula. That's kind of cool. You should have a, a feelings wheel that comes with it, so that way it makes people feel better about having <laughs> screwed up their batch of beer. How should I feel about this? <laughs> Embarrassed. Right. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Well, uh, Sue, I appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much for hey. coming. In. Uh, what, what's your website? One more time www.appliedsensory.com okay. A-P-P-L-I-E-D-S-E-N-S-O-R-Y And the uh, the Flavor Active uh, Craft Brewers Sensory Kits, where can we get those? Uh, you can get them on my website. I will have them posted right, up yeah. there soon. Okay, and perfect. And you can buy them through the um, 
uh, purchase online, PayPal, and I will send them to okay. you. So if Excellent. You can also buy each one of these chemicals individually in packs of five or ten. Oh. So let's say you need to oh, practice on cool. diacetyl or yeah. one particular chemical, you can just get that chemical by itself and practice on that so as a club so. maybe do want like one yeah. one off month. flavor yeah. a month right. yeah. Yeah. yeah or maybe give your your palate a break because you probably liters mm-hmm. of beer. Yeah. you're probably tasting that off off you know off chemical or whatever yeah uh i love it i can't recommend this enough to to homebrew clubs this is amazing oh my god yeah, yeah. A, a service you can do to your club members is to make them aware of all these off flavors yeah and they as people that talk to a lot of other people in beer can bring them along as well you know and those people i'm talking about are a lot of times the people that order beer at bars they right. don't know the off flavors themselves. Yeah, well, you know, Moskowitzai, Moskowitz, whatever the plural of Moskowitz is. Uh, you know, do you want people knowing this stuff? So you go, oh, I order a beer, uh, a beer at this bar. Yes, oh, it tastes like uh, you right. know, baby yeah. sick. I want, I, I want, want our it. GM knowing it, but I don't want the the patrons. <laughs> right. Right. That's all you need. It's the only place. That's You're not going to sell it in the once front you, of the house. He knows them all. Once they tell people, they'll stop buying it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I dig this. I wish I had this when I was, uh, you know, more willing to learn what I'm doing wrong in life. Well, but, but now uh, you and uh, the other Moskowai over here, it's irrelevant because you got the Pico Bruin is <laughs> doing everything for you. Yeah, nine, nine, uh, nine out of the ten errors have right. been removed for me and done by a robot. So You'll still manage to figure out how to do the one. <laughs> no matter how bad sure you push you the button. Yeah. I already have. I don't even worry so, about it. So have I. <laughs> it's the session. We'll be right back. We'll do a little bit of beer news and uh, continue hanging out. Uh, stay with us. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Beer tasting games that train your palate, a brewery locator, and the brand new interactive beer style guide. These are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com. The style guide is a beautiful example of technology in beer. Browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color, bitterness, ABV, aroma, and flavor. It's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you. Go to craft beer.com and click on beer styles to start the guide plus enjoy the rest of craftbeer.com the brewers banter blogs beer education how to host a beer tasting and the invaluable draft quality manual tons of great content that makes your beer better visit the new craftbeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion camaraderie and creativity of the craft beer community craftbeer.com celebrating the best of american beer Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high-temperature march pump, and either a top-tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack 
stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new brew easy bn army i'm here to talk seriously for a second you all are partially responsible for something explosive and it's time you answer for it Moonlight Meadery is exploding. Yeah, exploding across the country. Wait, they just landed in Australia with insane quality meads. With nearly 70 different varieties of mead on the market, Moonlight Meadery has blown up the mead category and completely reinvented it. Seriously? What? Seriously? What? You're paying money for that watered-down mead when you could have a Moonlight Mead? Moonlight Meads explode with quality and flavor. They're a party in a bottle. Did someone say party? If you want need and want the best, you want needs from Moonlight Meadery and will accept nothing less. And now get 15% off by going to moonlightmeadery.com forward slash BNARMY and use coupon code BNARMY at checkout. Hey, sign me up for that party. Attention, home brewers! If you like making labels for your handcrafted awesomeness and wish more people could see how great you are, then check this out. GrogTag, the makers of custom reusable labels and craftbeerandbrewing.com are hosting the first ever National Homebrew Label Awards. The top 10 labels will be featured at the 2015 National Homebrewers Conference in San Diego to more than 5,000 attendees and more than $2,500 in prizes will be awarded. If you've created a label at any time in the past year, you're eligible to enter. GrogTag and Craft Beer and Brewing have teamed up with great sponsors like More Beer and the Brewing Network to make this competition a great one to enter. Submit your entries between March 1st and June 1st for your chance at fortune and glory at homebrewlabelawards.com. That's homebrewlabelawards.com. Submit your label entries today. Good luck, and we'll see you in San Diego. Segmented, demented, fermented, fermented. It's the session. All right, welcome back, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Thank you, Scott. We're going to do a little bit of beer news. Everyone's favorite segment. We need some weird, crazy, like, circus music for you. For <laughs> Why? Beer. Because it's solely not your personality. Oh, and the, be, be, the juxtaposition would be amazing. And then today, uh, you know, the depressing thing happened. And, yeah. It'd be amazing. Uh, beer news. Who's beer news brought to us by? Wine and Hop Shop. Wine and Hop Shop. One of our uh, newest sponsors, the Wine and Hop Shop out in Madison, Wisconsin, bringing you beer news today. A couple of good stories this week, too. All right. Uh, a new paper in the Journal of Nature Chemical Biology oh, yeah. suggests that yeast can be modified to produce opiates from sugar. So, what? I mean, you know, albeit not without a whole lot of biological expertise, but we can ask Chris White about this. So, in other words, drugs can be made at home the same way you guys create beer. Since the yeast will not convert uh, the sugar to alcohol, it would convert it to opiate. Oh, wow. Theoretically. So researchers... WLP 999. Huh? 
researchers warn that regulators should act quickly to keep homebrewers from figuring out the process for themselves. Right, but, but I mean, it, it's going to take a, a little bit. all like microbiologists. Right, right exactly. Yeah. And it's going to take more than a microscope for yeah. now. So, uh, so creating the same opiates poppies do, which, you know, the, your morphines, your oxycodones. Yeah, uh, I got some is, right here. Do you want some? Or heroin. Yeah. Can I score some? Yeah, I got oh, it right here. I'll shoot you up. Uh, it's an intriguing prospect from a uh, pharmaceutical standpoint. Uh, cultivating yeast is a lot simpler than growing fields of poppies. Uh, and yeast-borne <laughs> opiates have more potential to be tweaked uh, slightly for, like, specific medical purposes. So you're, you're, you're saying that the, the, the compounds <laughs> that are similar to opiates are in the yeast already from fermenting sugars. Like, it's not like they're taking plant matter... And for, like the opium, fermenting it down to, to distilling that, it's no, yeast and sugar uh, and makes that's my understanding. Black tar hair, yeah. pool of carbohydrates. And yeah, just to get the right yeast, it'll pull the right ones and do its thing. I guess. Well, and just changing their DNA a little bit will change kind of their metabolic process, and so they'll take the same sugars yeah. and just make different byproducts from those things. What? Like the the cells in your muscles and stuff. Like are, are one little strain of DNA away from instead of creating lactic acid, which makes your muscles sore and ache, yeah. you could be actually making alcohol, and then you'd be getting drunk the more you exercise. But <laughs> it, it's like not not it's like ninety nine percent. It's like one percent change could make it right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just a tiny change, and so yeah, you could do the same with yeast, and it could make all sorts of different. things. I feel like we should have known this earlier. No, it the, just in, came in, out in the evolution. No, but oh, like in the evolution of science. Yeah. I mean, come on, we're not dumb. Well, so here's lead author John Duber of uh, UC Berkeley. His quote: He <laughs> More said, like Doobie. Uh, <laughs> he said it's hard to add or subtract genes into the plant, and plants grow very slowly. Uh, whereas we can easily put in different DNA and change oh, combinations of genes yeah. in yeast, and yeast can double every two hours. So, in the new paper, wow. uh, Doobie and his colleagues tweaked an enzyme in yeast, allowing it to turn sugar into reticulin. Reticulin isn't an actual opiate, but it's a chemical precursor that can be used to make morphine and codeine, among other drugs. <laughs> Doobie estimates that a strain of yeast allowing uh, for the complete form, uh, formation of opiates from sugar could be just a year or two away. Wow. His quote goes on to say, what you really want to do uh, from a fermentation perspective is be able to feed the yeast glucose, which is you know cheap sugar source, and have the yeast do all the chemical steps required downstream to make your target therapeutic drug. With our study, all the steps have been described, and it's now a matter of linking them together and scaling up the process. It's not a trivial challenge, but it's very doable. <laughs> yeah. And by therapeutic, uh, you know, uh, medicine, they just mean, you know, sitting Party. in the corner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Slinging it. I got that yeast block. Give me some yeast blocks. <laughs> Home cider and winemaking will take off like crazy once oh, that my, yeast Oh, my. Can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, it would, it would be... It would, would be uh, uh, like what the uh, the meth trade was for home brewing in the late '90s, where people would come in. Oh, I, I, do you have any glass uh, vials? You know, I'm just right. I'm, I'm, I need to send some yeast starters, uh, you know, for analysis. <laughs> Sir, why uh, are you scratching your arm so hard? <laughs> yeah, we would get that at uh, at at, uh, at more beer. People go, do you, you know, they, they pick up um, uh, plastic racking arms and they go, uh, do you have this in glass? Seriously? Wow, really? Yeah, and they, just, they would just buy flasks of different sizes, and I and then, so you just sit there and mess with them. Go, yeah. So what? Uh, what are you? Are you going to brew some beer? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. What? what are you going to mash in that? Uh huh. Oh yeah. And then and you, you know what? You like leave it in the sun like a, like a sun tea? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your name? Uh, I I don't want to be in the system. Oh weird. Here's cash. Oh even double weird. So How th- common was this? <laughs> All hundreds. 
So right. they still need to be as conscientious about sterilization? <laughs> I <laughs> would imagine not. I, I, they welcome the contamination, yeah. I think. It was well, coming for, for a bit, uh, um, but, you know, we cut that out. It was fine. Oh, man. And uh, what about baking with this special yeast strain? You could get some... Some opiate bread. Opiate edibles? Yeah. Oh, just boy. Bread. You just bake it right in. The possibilities are endless. Yeah. There you go, Tasty. You'll be out of a job. So now <laughs> there are definitely uh, people clamoring. Retirement plan. Tasty, in the 20, <laughs> Tasty in the 21st century. Or that is your retirement plan. Uh, Next year, baby. There was some uh, some commentary. Out there. Welcome to the future. Yeah. Some uh, some commentary on the uh, the the journal article. Uh, there was uh, one guy uh, who said that regulations need to be put into place uh, to make brewing with engineered yeast at home illegal. So now hmm. isn't all mm-hmm. isn't all Be yeast engineered? Like I mean, if you get something from White Labs, that's engineered, is it? No, not? this is like it's GMO culture. yeast. Oh, it's, it's like not. what this article is talking about is like GMO yeast. Yeah, it, it, modified. yeah. The, the, they're not White modifying the, just, the DNA. It's just it's just cultured and, and pared down. White so Labs you, is just growing yeast that they've harvested. Yeah, you, you see, you 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 know, take a sample and then you you rub it, you know, put a slant it out on a plate and then you pick those cultures that grow better. So you're selecting it, but you're not actually modifying it. Okay, got it. Well, so some people that were responding to to that comment were saying, uh, well, you know, if it turns out to be as simple as brewing beer at home, well, then having that regulation would create a black market demand for the yeast. So you're not really going to stop this. If it indeed it's figured out, people are going to want it. People are going to get it. Yeah, we'll see. It's in, that's an interesting uh, development for yeast. That's isn't a whole it? new show for us. No kidding. <laughs> There's that new content, the Opiate Network. <laughs> well, uh, it's just brewing something different. Yeah, instead of beer, yeah, it's just broadening yeah. broadening our market. Right. Uh, so now moving on to uh, Florida, where we've done a fair amount of reporting on some of the uh, weird uh, distribution laws. And you remember growler laws? You couldn't have growlers in Florida. Well, yeah. that has finally come to an end. Oh. Uh, no growlers in Florida? Na- yes, growlers in Florida. Oh, yes, growlers. Yes, starting July 1, Florida breweries will be able to sell beer in growlers. Governor Rick Scott has signed into law a measure that ends the growler war over craft beer. That's uh, been going on it's for several years already now. Uh, Scott said in a statement, uh, quote, by making the sale of growlers legal in Florida, uh, we are eliminating another burdensome regulation and allowing more Florida businesses to succeed, end quote. Current law allows, this is the ridiculous part, 32-ounce growlers and 128-ounce growlers, but not the size in the middle, 64, which is the growlers everybody uses. Uh, And, uh, you know, brewers and craft beer fans are saying that's the best size, and obviously it it is. Yeah. The most popular makes the most sense. What happens? Uh, the legislation could help to end the long war between craft brewers and big beverage distributors over regulation of beer sales, in which the growler basically became a pawn. Uh, gra- well, it's not ending the war. It's just that the growler people won. Y- yeah. <laughs> well, right. Well, yeah. they'll end the war. It's not like they got a truce. Uh, here's a quote from uh, Mike Halker, the president of the Florida Brewers Guild. He also owns uh, Due South Brewing out in Boynton Beach. He said, quote, growlers will give our customers more choices, increase our sales, and directly benefit Florida and its taxpayers. So craft beer is uh, into this, obviously. Yeah. Uh, this legislation also lifts the problematic requirements that craft breweries operate as tourist attractions, a holdover from the days when the law was intended to benefit uh, Tampa's Bush Gardens. Mm. Hmm. Distributors said lifting the limits on craft brewery operations could open the way for large beer manufacturers to dominate the market by uh, opening many small tasting rooms and selling only their own beer. That's the distributor's argument. To prevent a large brewer from taking over the retail market, the bill limits breweries to selling their beer at eight locations. So you can have no more than eight locations. That's pretty fair. I mean, that's, that's a lot of locations. That's pretty good. Uh, In the same state. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
All right, so there you go. Big win in Florida. You can yeah. actually act like a human being and fill up a growler. Well, well one out of two. <laughs> hey, Florida, check out this new thing, growlers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The homeless guy does it to me all the time in Florida. It's weird. All right, and one final one. Uh, this is a big one. Uh, London's Mean Time Brewing has uh-huh. been bought by S.A.B. Miller. Oh. Yeah. So they're no longer craft? Well, Sellouts? Yeah, well, Who owns them? Well, not, uh, if you ask Nick Miller, uh, Mean Time's chief executive, he actually has some kind of controversial comments about uh, craft Nick beer. Nick Miller? Yeah, the guy from uh, uh, <laughs> New Girl. Right. Yeah. Anyway, well, also S.A.B. Miller. Do you guys want to oh, talk yeah. about the O.C. too? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, whatever. Anyway, go ahead. What, is, uh, what does Mr. Miller have to say about he Miller? He said that the craft tag was increasingly redundant and that selling the world's uh, selling to the world's second biggest brewer would not harm the company's reputation, built up over 16 years as a standalone producer. His quote is, I think the term craft will disappear. I th- uh, it will become the norm that we have craft beer, whether the brewer is big or small. If you stay true to what you believe in, which is high-quality premium beers, I think the drinker will welcome that. He went on to say, why would Mean Time suddenly not be craft beer? Because it's got a different set of shareholders. Are we saying that the shareholders determine whether we are craft or not? This morning, I had no different values than the ones I had yesterday. So this kind of plays into what you, your, your point and and many others points, JP, which is that, uh, I don't, I care what it is, not who made it. Right. I, I, I like using the word beer, not craft beer, because it does, it shouldn't matter. It's, you know, in the nineties, we probably needed it to differentiate, but now it, it is what it is. Craft beer has become the norm. Even though the market share doesn't really play out like that, but in my life it has. There are a lot of people that are troubled with that sound logic that he's talking about. <laughs> mm, yeah. So his logic is that S.A.B. Miller wants to keep meantime exactly like it is. Yes. Or let it grow as it was going to normally grow anyway. And maybe just They're accelerate not going to replace the 80 bit. barrel fermenters with 1,000 barrel fermenters because right. yeah. they got more capital. I mean, hopefully. I, I think history has played out where that isn't always the case, and right. it, it turns out that some that the yeah. the, the, the you know, smaller breweries uh, that get bought out by the larger ones do kind of change, you know, formulas or flavor or whatever. But right. And even if it does change, there's 100 new breweries opening up next year that will probably brew something decent that you can drink and will forget about meantime the way it used to be yeah. in the next year or so anyway. So why even care? Yeah, well, <laughs> why care about anything? Yeah, here's a knife. Yeah, right. I mean, it, there, to your point, yeah, that Britain has experienced, a, I mean, like everywhere, but a, a big surge in craft brewing, which is actually a crazy part about this. I guess pubs in Britain are closing at the rate of about 30 a week. Wow. Which wow. is crazy. Uh, but numbers of breweries has increased by 10% over each of the past years. That, seems like, years. A, that seems like an insane number because, you know, and how many weeks would it take for every pub to shut down? Uh, makes you wonder how many there are in Britain. <laughs> yeah. I know. Every yeah. second storefront is a freaking pub. Right. Uh, yeah, so there's more than 1,400 breweries now uh, in, in Britain, twice, uh, the most since the 1940s, which is another crazy thing. Yeah. They had as many breweries. Craft beer was this pop, or craft beer, you know. They had more breweries in, in 1940 than they did uh, today. Yeah. I don't know. It's counterintuitive. That was, certainly wasn't true for the United States. Yeah. I guess they didn't have prohibition. <laughs> no, they, they really didn't. Uh, well, mean, they had small, regional, if not village-sized breweries. I mean, it was just... Every town had a brewery. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Meantime was founded in uh, 99 by Alistair Hook uh, in Greenwich, and uh, they also they operate uh, two pubs, uh, the Greenwich Union and the Old Brewery Bar. Uh, the, it was an undisclosed sum. We don't know how much uh, S.A.B. Miller paid for it, but uh, they're trying to give uh, Meantime a presence 
uh, obviously in the craft beer segment, which is really fast growing, but it's trying to uh, export to all of Europe. So you can already find Meantime in the States. You find it in Britain, mm-hmm. and they're yeah. trying to make it uh, go for all of Europe as well. You can even find, I think, in, in Concord, up in Monument, I think. They yeah. have Meantime every now and then. Yeah. Sure. Oh, I've never find, had it. You can find it at, uh, I haven't either. And all Seriously? That? You guys never had it? No. Yeah, you can find it at Bevmo as well. Hmm. It's ubiquitous if you're looking for it. To me, the word meantime, just it's like, here's a filler beer in between the beers <laughs> right. you're going to try that are better anyways. <laughs> I see. Yeah, uh, in the meantime, right. take this. Yeah, it is exactly. a weird name. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't know. I'm not English. Yeah. All right. So there you go. That's the news brought to you by Wine and Hop Shop. Uh, go to wineandhop.com. Uh, if you live in Madison, Wisconsin, you can go su- uh, put your money where Jamil's mouth is and support your local homebrew shop. Uh, if you would like to order online, you can enter BN Shipping in the notes field of your shopping cart, and you will get $8 flat rate shipping on anything under 50 pounds. So uh, order away at wineandhop.com. I just assumed it was Greenwich Mean Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, that's what their name the is. The one true time. That's all it is. Uh, well, you might not be wrong, Marty. I don't know. We should we should get him on the air just to ask him that question, and then okay, thanks. That just it was a burning. Uh, we'll have to figure out a way to let right. him know we're on their side. Like, yeah. hey, we we still think of you as good. You know, we don't care about craft beer, or do we? I don't yeah. Know. Well, we're we're a craft podcast, right? You right. want to sponsor us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I think we're like eighty percent filler, so I don't know. Maybe it's. Uh, well, you can listen to us in the meantime. Well, right, that'll be great for meantime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In between uh, uh, Dan Carlin's hardcore history and right. This American Life, you can listen to us. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, you know what? I forgot to ask Kyle about the the the, the origins for string cheese incident. Every since you know we got in the studio and started talking about where he's from, everyone's like, "What? Where does that name?" I I forgot to ask him. Well, that's actually not a bad thing because that could be the most effed out question on the planet. Asking probably. a band where they got their name. Yeah. How many times do you think he's answered that? I don't he's know. He's probably thrilled we didn't ask him. Or maybe every interviewer is like, you know what? They probably <laughs> right, always right. get that question, yeah. so they, I'm not going to do it. He's like dying to tell the story. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask him about falling off stage instead, <laughs> which is way more appropriate. That's a good uh, question. Have you ever been injured on stage? I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Probably uh, gets it a lot, though. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Who, no. What is that? Are we done here? Tease is getting a call. Tasty, yeah, hold on. Yeah. He's, I, think, I think that's our cue that we're done here. I think we Tasty's are done. Tasty's got more important things to do. Uh, I think we uh, took care of everything. Uh, don't forget to go to bna10.com and uh, get your tickets to, well, BNA10. It's going to be a, an amazing show, and uh, you're going to love it, and I'm going to love it, and we're going to see each other there. Oh, I, you, you want me to, over your bed, you want me to read some question, uh, some answers to the uh, Twitter game? Because I, I said that... Sure, uh, we got one you, minute. If you had a band, what kind of music would it play, and what would it be called, UJP? Okay. Uh, Blobber Glop says, Disney Jazz, and the band's uh, name would be Meow, 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 Meow. <laughs> HH says it would be called Coveyers, and it would play at being a real business. <laughs> Chris Rogers said the name would be Bleeding Orphus. Orifice? Bleeding Orifice. He spelled Orifice wrong. Style, progressive Disney metal. <laughs> and uh, Beer Scout says JP's band would be dubstep called Dildo Mold. Oh, it'd be my, it'd be my band. Yes. Yeah. D- this dil- is your Dubstep band, yeah. called Dildo, Dildo Mold. I think I like that one. <laughs> all right, Beer Scout. Email Bevo at thebrewingnetwork.com. <laughs> Get a Dildo You're Mold. You're a winner. Uh, all right, everyone. Thanks a lot. Uh, thanks to our guests. Uh, 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 who are they? Kyle, Kyle and Sue. I appreciate and that. Sue that was amazing, man. That was and a lot Mitch of good Steel time. And Mitch Steele showed up for a little bit. And yes. Mitch. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever, Mitch. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Right,